clumsy. <laughs> I like the fit. You like the fit? I tried yeah. to do something new. I was like, the ponytail, do, I saw do that. The little pigtails, you know? I was like, damn. I was just telling my wife, I was like, so these girls always trying to outdress me and shit. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> and I showed her because you were you took a picture. Yeah. I was like, look, I babe. always do my outfit of the day post. And she said, uh, she's all, damn, she's all doing the last girl because the last girl came like nice. All done and up. And I was like, Fuck. We got to get some content out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, I need to. But I'm home, you know what I mean? I want to yeah. be like. No, I feel it. Chill. <laughs> Is this a barbershop? Yes, 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 I mean, we can't talk street in the barbershop. Then where can we talk street? We can't talk street nowhere else. You know, this ain't nothing but healthy conversation. Something really important that I would like to draw your attention to, first mm-hmm. of all, is this issue here of confidentiality. Okay. Um, basically, everything that you and I talk about together is just between you and I. I'ma tell you all about it, so join our call. It's second guessing and motivate me to go and ball. Barbershop confidential, it's real in this raw. You looking for me, you can find me at the barbershop. Welcome back, Barbershop Confidential, the podcast, your boy Jonah. Today we have Victoria. How you doing, Victoria? I'm doing well. How are good, you? Good, good. How's your week so far? It's been busy. It's been really loaded. I am um I, I just filmed my next newest episode over the weekend on Sunday. And um, I thought the last episode that I did was going to be the hardest. But I don't know. I feel like every single episode is going to be the hardest. So it's just a lot a lot of emotional unpacking. Oh, which, by the way, you have a podcast. Tell, yeah. Please tell me what the name of your podcast is. So the name of my podcast is called The Glam Design. It stands for gl- Growing, Learning, Achieving, Motivating, and Believing. Um, and within the podcast, there's a playlist called Victory. And so it's a 24-episode playlist, and Victory stands for Vic's Story oh. History. So it's basically just 24 episodes on my life. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And you've been on a, on a little run. Shout out to Carl, Carles. A, a little the, uh, San Diego tour. <laughs> you was an outside podcast, and then you were on the Dream Radio. Yep. Yeah, I know yep. those guys too. Yeah, that's what's up. I'm I'm noticing very quickly that the podcasting community in San Diego is a very tight knit one, mm. and I'm so like blessed and fortunate to be part of it now. So I'm really excited about like all the collabs and getting to know new people and you yeah, know sharing the, our audiences. You know, we used to do like a like a monthly meetup. Really? Yeah. Let's bring that back. We should, huh? Yeah. Just people, you know, schedules and yeah. whatnot, adulting, yeah. all that cool stuff. Can't uh, get away from that. I wanted to ask you, uh, You, I'm sure you've gotten that you look Mexican or Hispanic. You know what? Um, not so much anymore. Like, when I lived out in Jersey, I used to get Puerto Rican all the time. Uh, and at one point, I actually assumed that as my own identity. You were Puerto we're Rican? Ga- yeah. Lo Boricua? We're, we're going to go through that in one of my episodes. Like, about... Actually, the next episode that's up, The Foster Child. Because my foster family encouraged me to tell people that I was half Puerto Rican so I wouldn't get my ass beat in school. <laughs> but, you know, since, since I've lived in San Diego, I really get um, Middle Eastern all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I get Chaldean all the time. Yeah. I get Armenian. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm none of the above, by the way. No. No. You said it on the car list on the You Wasn't Outside podcast, but I, yeah, I think yeah. I forgot. I thought for a second you were. Uh-uh. No. I'm Italian, Irish? Sicilian, oh. Russian, Israeli, and Polish. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. A total butt. Did you do the 23 and me? I didn't. And, you know, I, I have it. I've had it for years now. And I don't know. I think subconsciously I never did it because 
maybe I'm afraid of what I'm going to find. Like mm. my, my cousins gave it to me as a gift and it was only a month before I met my dad for the first time. And then once I met him, I'm like, okay, well I know what I am now, you know? And it's <laughs> like, I, I just subconsciously didn't do it. And then my ex who I recently broke up with is somewhat of a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and so he's like, don't do that. Like they're going to, you're giving oh, your away DNA. your information, yeah. your DNA. And so I kind of told myself, okay, I'm not going to do it. But I'm, now I'm like, I don't know. Should I do it? Mm, I have, they had given us one, me and my wife for Christmas one year. Yeah. And she did it and I did it. But apparently you're supposed to register it with the app. Okay. So that you could check the app for like the results. Yeah. And I never did that. Like I just spit in the little tube oh and mailed it off. God. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? How come I haven't gotten no results? And she was you like, have to, like, did do you a check the app? And I was code. like, yeah. what app? What app? Yeah. She's like, you were supposed Everything's to. Everything's an app these days. I know. I was like, damn. So like, they, somebody has my DNA knows where I'm from and all that, but <laughs> they can't tie it to anybody because it's just like just crazy. out there. I'm sure if you wrote them and like. If they, because there's probably a return mailing address, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, maybe, huh? Yeah. That was like four or five years ago, though. Maybe if you have longer. somewhat of a time period, I don't know, yeah. or even like a tracking. I just buy a new one. That too. <laughs> I mean, if Save you're in the process the of throwing money away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Because uh, a lot of people think I'm Samoan or Hawaiian or Polynesian. I could so see that. What are you? Mexican. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, I totally would have thought Samoan for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, there's even jokes like, my mom did go to Hawaii one year. You yeah. Know? Like, I yeah. Like, mom, we need to uh, talk. <laughs> we need to talk, mom. I was like, wait, do you know your dad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's. Do you look like your dad? Yeah. Okay. I look like both of them. I look like both of them. <laughs> Not trying to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Hold on, let me call my mom real quick. <laughs> Whoops. Before you go, mom, I need to. <laughs> on her death. I can't even ask him no more because he yeah. died. So. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so you just met your dad. I'm, no, I, I didn't just meet him. I met him later in life. So I'm 35 now. I met him a month after I turned 29 for the first time. Oh, so it's been a, a few yeah, years. Yeah, it's been a while. And it, to answer your question, was it emotional? Of course. Yeah, of course it was. It was it was a whirlwind. Um, looking back on it now, I think sometimes we go through things in life and we're just so in it in the moment that it's like hard to actually process how we really feel and so in order to get through what we're going through, we almost like disassociate a little bit. And so when I met him, it was like meeting my homeboy. You oh. know what I mean? Like, All it right. wasn't like, I didn't go to him like, oh, I, I'm mad at you. I want to, I want to hash things out. Like I'm 29 years old. I'm an adult. I don't necessarily need a father, but like, I just want to know who you are. And I think that that was somewhat of the problem because we did have a relationship for probably about a year and a half, almost two years. But it was okay. very much from birth, you mean? No, oh, like, like when from when okay. I met him onward. And it was very much just like, as long as I initiated it, it was easy for him to reciprocate. And it's like, so I had to call and like I had to fly out to Miami. Like, typical man. You know, it's like when they should be teaching you <laughs> yeah. how you should be loved, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of him being an actual father. It was just having a relationship. But once I started to realize how one-sided it was, and really there was a turn of events. Like I wanted him to meet a guy that I was dating and he tried to do the, well, if you don't have a ring on your finger, I don't want to meet him. But it wasn't like in a fatherly sense, it was a way to try to escape like the uncomfortable situation of having to face a man who was claiming to love me, knowing you weren't in my life, my whole hey. life. 
you know, because that that's like that's the deep part that I saw, yeah. and it's like him running from the truth. And so once that happened, and like the way that that whole thing broke down, I'm like, yep, not gonna put any more effort into this anymore. And if you can't reciprocate, not even just reciprocate, if you can't initiate, I don't need any like half-ass relationships in my life. Period. Period. Like, friendships. Yeah. Any type of relationship. Yeah. yeah. And like I haven't heard from him since. So. Oh well. At least you got to meet him though. Like yeah. Now you have a face to who exactly, your is and exactly. Shit. And it's like and you. It's really hard to like miss what you never had. You know. Yeah. And. He's like at least consistent. Like he wasn't there. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> Pick shout a side. Out to, shout out to you, my guy. You're consistent. Pick a side and stick to it. You Men know? are consistent, all right, Victoria. <laughs> I'll give him that. Shit. <laughs> um, did you know your mom's? Yeah, I all knew right. her until. Uh, well, I mean, I've known her my whole life, but I lived with her until I was 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's still with us no unfortunately graduated she, to heaven. She, yeah she passed in march of 2019 i'm sorry to hear that yeah that was really hard yeah i bet i can't even imagine like i'm the, out here solo dolo <laughs> you know just rolling because yeah. i'm an only child too from both of them oh they don't have your uh well neither mom, one but like of your them dad didn't had, have kids no not to our knowledge Damn. yeah all right he was a little socially awkward too. Like I can't imagine a single woman that would actually like give him the to time it. of day. Yeah, like he was a handsome man and like you know fit and like took care of himself. But he definitely has like OCD, which oh. I'm like I think I get my OCD from him. Like his is like next level though, and he has his routine. So it's mm -hmm. like every day he has to eat the same thing, he has to do the same thing, he has to watch the Yankees. He cannot miss the miss the Yankees, <laughs> and like so it's like any who was going to be in relationship with him would have to fit into his life or they there would be no space oh, and that like, work. that's not a relationship yeah. you know that's somebody who is just going with your flow and and I, women are not built that way so, so it makes sense why he wasn't able to have like a long-term relationship damn you dissected your pops i dissect a lot of people yeah I'm dissecting myself right now. There you go. Yeah. Start with That's what my whole podcast is about. It's like my healing journey, you know, it's because I do consider myself to be a very self-aware person. I'm one of the rare people that can get constructive criticism and feedback and actually take it and not get too defensive. I mean, there's always a level of defensiveness, but right. like not too defensive. Like I'm open and I want to hear it. Um, and that's been a consistent like feedback across the board with like every employer I've ever had like boyfriends, like friends, the whole nine. Um, but there's a lot of myself that I've hid from over the years through disassociation. And so I'm like doing that shadow work now. Are you in therapy? I'm trying to find a good therapist right now because in <laughs> now that I got to the third episode and really it's like the second meaty episode. The first one was like an intro and I, I vomited both times. Up? Yeah. You in an episode? No, well, I mean, so the first time it was before. So you okay. actually, if you ever have a chance to watch, I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch yet. I didn't see that part. I didn't see the, the, no, no. I like saw not, the clips. Yeah. I saw the clips. So in the beginning of the second episode, I show like bloopers where it goes from oh. like day to night. And so I had sat down at several points of the day to try to record. And like in between, I, I vomited because it was like my, my nerves were just so shot. And then in this last episode that I did, I actually got through it and I was so embarrassed. It was at the very end. I had just like hit end on the camera and I floored it to the bathroom and I was at my friend's house because I was recording oh, at my friend's house. So she actually heard me like 
literally heaving and i was just like she's like are you pregnant right <laughs> yeah no oh uh, <laughs> definitely not pregnant uh was it the content of what you were saying or the, the yeah. fact that you're like in front of a camera it's the content that i'm saying because okay. it's very deep work and it's like it, it, the whole theme of of my podcast is i show my scars so you know you can heal so i'm revealing some really nasty truths and some things that i've hid from so like the first, this last episode that I did is the first 15 years of my life living with my mom until she met a really abusive man. And then his abuse is what landed me in foster care. And so I have to give you up. I'm sorry. No, I was actually taken away. Well, it's complicated. So, and I talk about this in the next, next episode. So I'll give you guys a little spoiler alert. Um, so Dyfus, which in New Jersey is the Division of Youth and Family Services. I think CPS? the CPS is like the equivalent here. Um, they were scheduled to come and do a surprise visit at the house. The school already knew what was up. They made me like keep my mouth shut. How do you put that on a 15-year-old kid? Uh, like, right, no we're, we're coming to your house, but don't tell your parents. Like we want to make sure everything's okay. But it never even got to that point because... He tried to hit me again and Damn. I like ran away, but I had a history of running away when I'm really, I was just going to my friend's house, but my mom would use the police as like a way to father me. Cause I never had a father figure. So they were always at her house. And I don't know if they were now as a kid, like now, I mean, now as an adult thinking back as a kid, I was probably just naive and I believed them, but they told me if you run away one more time, you're going to, jail. You're going to juvie. And I was so afraid of going to juvie. So I literally ran to the police station this time and I told them I didn't feel safe. I didn't want to go home. My mom showed up at the police station screaming at the top of her lungs. Where the fuck is she? Bring her out here. Da, 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 da. And I'm scared shitless. I handcuffed myself to the holding bench and I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. You can't make 15? me. 15. And so I refused to go home. They said, well, we have nowhere to put you other than a shelter. And I'm like, anywhere is better than home. Damn. So they literally called transport, had picked me up, brought me to a shelter. And here's the fucking irony. The shelter that I went to was across the street from juvenile detention center. And we literally had to walk across the street to eat at juvie. At juvie. Yeah, while the bad kids were like locked up, but all the kids that were in the shelter with me were actually on good behavior from the sh from juvie. So See, it's kind of like a halfway house. Yeah. So it, you almost did the juvie thing, basically. That reminds me of like when you're uh, <laughs> Hispanics, like if we're at the grocery store and the kids are acting bad, like the mom will tell like the kid, like if you keep it up, I'm a he's gonna hit you. Oh, hundred percent. And then it's like. It's like, you know, Italians unwritten law that we look at similar. it and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm to I'm hit you. Your mom's right. And they'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah. So it's kind of like what your mom was doing yeah. but with using the cops, like an yeah. extreme. Yeah. Like, keep it no, up. No, it's and 100%. And she scared me for like my whole life because foster care was in my family. Her sister had four kids. All four of her kids were in the system. Damn. And so I grew up seeing that thinking I'm fortunate. I have a mom. And look at my cousins that are, you know, shipped between house to house. You know, and so that always scared me too. But at some point, it's like you don't want to be home anymore because it's just that bad. Damn, but at least you were brave to do that, though. I know a lot of people, you know, that would hesitate to leave or think that it's scarier outside than home. Um, it's pretty. I don't brave know if I really thought too much about it. I was fifteen. You just did it. Just fifth. I don't know if you saw a recent reel that I posted the other day, but it's like it's supposed to be kind of funny. But it's like I was fucking thirteen, oh, yeah. Susan. You know, <laughs> like 
you don't you're not thinking you're a kid you're a child these are things you shouldn't be experiencing should be all fun and games and friends and right getting right. in trouble not fighting for your life when much. you're sleeping with scissors under your pillow and a bat next to your bed i'd say it's probably not a good environment to live in how did you get your to san diego from the east coast so I, I've always visited since I was a little girl. Okay. So my mom's side, of, well, of course, my mom's side of the family. I didn't know my dad's, but um, it's her her favorite uncle, her only uncle. So my grandmother and her brother. So he was like, I would call him Poppy. He was like a grandfather figure to me, but he's really my great uncle. He lived out here in San Diego. My mom was his first ever niece and they had a great relationship. So, you know, we would talk to them all the time. They'd always send Christmas presents and I talk about it in my podcast about how, like, my mom didn't have a lot of money, a single mom. We were on welfare, food stamps, the whole nine. We would do a lot of staycations where she can, like, drive somewhere. We could, like, get a, a beach house at the Jersey Shore. But every once in a while where she either had, like, a really good time at work and she was able to save or whatever, we would fly out to San Diego to visit Poppy and the whole family over here. And I think we did that twice in person. And it was, like, always around, like, Easter time. Mm. And I always had like the best experiences and memories out here. And then I reconnected with my family, like when I was 25 or 26, like, well, actually, no, it was before then it was on Facebook, but I flew back out here when I was like 25 or 26, reconnected with everybody. And just, I don't know if you've ever felt this. It sounds like you've lived in San Diego your whole life. Is that right? I've lived or in California. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For pretty much your whole life. So it's like, I always lived in Jersey until 26 and like I had visited other places, but there had never been a place where I'd gone where I was like, I felt at peace. Mm. And I was like, I just felt a calling. Like I needed to be here. And I was fresh out of a five-year relationship. I felt like this is an opportunity for me to start something new. I even, I, I'm going to be talking about this on future podcasts, but it's like at one point after that relationship ended, I moved back in with my mom to try to help her because she got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she was wheelchair bound and bedridden. And I had to really dig into my heart for forgiveness. And the problem is, is that she married that same man, the same dude. Yeah. And he actually told me like he found God. He was a changed man. He apologized to me for all the pain and suffering he caused me. But they say when someone shows you your true colors, believe them the first time. And so I was 26 and he tried to hit me again. He tried to hit you again. Yeah. I was going to say, damn. That's when I drew the line. I gave her an ultimatum. I said, you have two options here. You either kick him to the curb and I'll take care of us or I'm moving to California and I'm going to be with family that loves me. I think you know which option she picked. That's foul. I never understood that how some women can pick like a man. And it's, it's not it's even a, like it's the a sickness. father, not even the father. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a sickness. A um, I've, I've really do dove into this deep and it's like a, an, a, somebody who is a victim of abuse. It's almost like a mental, it's almost like a mental jail. Like it's really, really hard to escape those feelings. And like when you can accept love in that abusive form, it really is like a testament of how low your self-esteem is and how you value yourself. And it, it pains true. me to say this about my mom, but the way she thought of herself was, was like at the bottom. And, and, you know, now that I'm an adult and I, I've done a lot of the shadow work and I've done the healing and I've gone to therapy, I'm not in therapy right now. I'm trying to get back into therapy, but I've done therapy over the course of my life. 
And it's like, it just pains me because I don't think she ever had anyone there speaking life into her. I don't think she had anyone teaching her another way. And when life is hitting you full force and you're on your own, raising a child, you're doing the best that you can, you have zero help. When do you even have time to do the shadow work? You know? And, that, and, and like, that wasn't a thing. It wasn't even a, a thing. thing. Like, therapy is just getting like, right. it's flowers. Before it was like, so oh, you're, true. A little, you're a little bitch. You're going to therapy. It's so not that true. deep. Mm-hmm. Suck it up. Life is hard. Uh, so I can imagine back then it was just like, this is my life. Oh, I actually dated a girl like that. Really? She used to be in an abusive relationship. And I would ask her, like, like why the fuck would you stay? Like, you were the one working. What the fuck? Why were what you? What did she there? say? She said she just thought that was her life. Mm. And then she just accepted that that's just what her life, like, that's the cards she was dealt and that mm. that's just what her life was going to be. Like, she didn't see a different, a different, um, she didn't see an exit from it. She the law of attraction is so powerful too. Like, you know, I would never say that I was in like an abusive relationship, like physically abusive, like no man's ever put his hands on me. Um, was there emotional abuse though? A hundred percent, you know, and it's like broken people attract broken people a lot of times because there's a trauma bond. And it's like, until you learn the lessons and you graduate from those areas in your life, you'll constantly be a magnet for the same things over and over. And then complain like, why the fuck? You keep meeting the same person in a different body. And if you're (laughs) anything like me, then it's like the same person in damn near the same body because I have a type. All my exes look like they could be brothers. It's kind of scary. Do they know that? Some do. That's, That's interesting. At least you're consistent with that. You know, I guess I get it from my dad. So (laughs) should you break that cycle? You know, that's a really great question. And I have challenged myself and other people have challenged me with that. The problem is, is that while I am more attracted to somebody like intellectually and like emotionally and spiritually, that has to be intact. I have tried it the other way where I'm like, let me try to date a guy who like I'm not as attracted to and let me see if it'll grow. And it just doesn't. Physically or, or physically. Okay. Yeah. So like the physical attraction has to be there too. And I have a type like I, I like what I like. What if you never get the emotional side of it? I have gotten it. Okay. Yeah. Like there's no way that it would have flourished into a full blown relationship if that wasn't there. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I've gotten both sides of it. Yeah. Okay. It's like you can't fall in, fall in love with somebody who's not wonderful. Also, like everybody I mean, you can has, fall in love with the idea of them being wonderful. And awesome. You can, you can, but I, I like to believe I'm not that delusional. <laughs> You're not that delulu. <laughs> I'm not that delulu. <laughs> I know because I think that's like. Actually, on the last podcast, the Dream Radio, that one, yeah. the ballroom, <laughs> that was my segment, breaking down delulu. <laughs> <laughs> and you was getting spicy with it. It was getting spicy. Was that like your homie or something? No, as a matter of fact, I met him just like how I met you through okay. doing Carlisa's podcast. So it's like Carlisa like released it and then Ball hit me up on Instagram. Well, actually like added me and I was like, oh, he's in the podcast. So I actually slid in his DMs. I'm like, look, I'm trying to do some collabs. You want to do something? And like, we've gotten pretty close pretty quick. Like, that's my homie now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I was like, you just popping off on him like that. No, it's my homie. Oh, no, no. Um, I'm talking about Ball. Oh, But okay. the other guy, no, like I literally met him that day. Oh, what's what? Uh, how'd that incite? Like, what what caused that? What caused all that to go down? Like the back and forth. You know, so it was is really interesting because in the in the midst of like the conversation, 
everybody was super respectful. Everybody was on the up and up, like great conversation. Everyone was heard. Everyone was listened to. And like difference of opinions were like understood. There was even like daps and hugs exchanged at the end of the night. The next day when we were posting the clips in the DMs, it was all like, it's all love, had a great time, great conversation, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, clickbait is exactly what it is. It's clickbait. And so I clipped certain parts of the of the podcast, which was three hours, by the way, three hour live Um, of parts that we all shared like a laugh about. Like we literally all laughed and it was a reoccurring theme where like. I was like, do you have any standards? Like, it was like, it was one of those, like, you know, where like, somebody makes it into a meme. And so it was kind of like a compilation of the, of the same theme where everyone laughed every time. And it was innocent. But when someone's just watching a clip yeah, and they don't go into the watching thing. the whole thing to really, truly understand the context, it's easy to catch feelings. So the whole clip <laughs> was about, yeah, catch feelings. <laughs> it's uh, the whole clip um, or the, yeah, the, the whole, there was a whole segment in the podcast where we talk about monogamy versus polygamy. And I'm a monogamous dater. And this individual happened to be a polygamous dater. And so his partners caught feelings with the clip that I posted without understanding the full, the full context of the the podcast. I was like, oh, it's spicy. I didn't know those were his partners. Well, I don't know if both were, but one definitely was because she confirmed in the comments. She, yeah, she came for me. She got her feelings. Okay. She came for me. She felt attacked. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the wild and crazy part is, is like, I never once mentioned them. Like I never said like, you know, their relationship, right? Like oh. it was, it was just like being funny about like just making a generalized blanket statement about people who are polygamous. Like, do they have standards? And it was more, <laughs> it sounds <laughs> fucked up and maybe it is, I would but say it's like the, the mindset <laughs> behind it, just so I can explain myself. Let me explain. Listen, Linda. <laughs> The mindset is that it's so fucking hard for me to find one person that I want to sleep with, let alone multiple. Like, do you know how I was, I was single three and a half years in like, obviously like intentionally it's i have guys lining up in my dms like that's not the issue there's a respect on her name you know (laughs) but it's like when I finally met somebody that I felt like was worthy then I finally can open myself up that way because that's what it takes for me. Like I can't have casual sex. Like I need to have feelings. Right. It needs to be an emotional, spiritual, intellectual like connection in order for me to be intimate with somebody. So to hear that other people are able to be intimate with multiple people, I'm like, bro, how you got standards. (laughs) Like that's where that was coming from. It was, it was my own personal opinions my own personal viewpoints that were verbalized and I'm entitled to have my own personal opinions and viewpoints. Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree. <laughs> she just felt attacked because those are, that's his choice. And if you're saying, but I didn't even know that was his choice. <laughs> you feel me? Like you she told never me, said nothing. She told me in comment number six, maybe seven, <laughs> I'm his partner. And so I was like, well, which one did you listen to the podcast? I didn't need to listen do you support your man? Like, hey, real shit. last time that my man was live, I was on that live and I was like sharing it, commenting all of it. You know, she told me I was shooting for the stars. I replied back with the moon and star emoji. <laughs> well, I'm sorry if I don't shoot for the dirt. 
Your words, not mine. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I never understood that. Like, first of all, why would you want to, like, as a guy, why would you want to girls? Like, that's insane. It seems like a lot of work. Because I, I know I'm a lot of work. Man, you feel me? Because, like, yeah. can you imagine, like, two of me? Like, I'm a Gemini already as it is. So if you get another one, you're like in a menage right off the bat. Because I'm literally two in one. You're a Gemini? I'm a Gemini, Oh, yeah. when's your birthday? June 4th. Oh, that's what's up. Are you a Gemini, too? I'm a Libra. Mm -hmm. I get along with Geminis. Yes, my ex was a Libra. Okay. Yeah, that's why we had like such a crazy connection. That's one of our best matches because the you know Libra, Libra, the scale balances yeah. us as the Gemini, the dual personalities. That's why it works so well. Did you break up with him or he broke up with you? He broke up with me. That makes sense. I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah, I know. I've, I've <laughs> believe me. I've done so much research on Libra we, since this breakup. My whole feed on Instagram is Libra, 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 Libra. There'll be a time where we're like, all right, that's enough. And we walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like, I've dated a Libra in the past, but I was so young and it was like in college and we didn't really date like long enough, but like, this is the first really serious relationship I've had with a, Li with a Libra and like everything that I read about Libras to the T to the T. And I'm like, <laughs> had I done the research ahead of time, I maybe could have even avoided this from happening. Uh, but you know, it's a life lesson. You'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and how long were y'all together for? If you say a month, girl. Two and a half months? Shut the <laughs> This is the love you of your need, life? You need to listen to the podcast. You need to listen to the podcast <laughs> episode. Because. Two and a half months? You saw the way that I like, like, what is the word? I like cringe when I said it because I know how it sounds. Yeah. Again, I'm not Delulu. I was single for three and a half years. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that to me. When I tell you, I, again, I'm 35. Side like, up. I know what I'm looking for, you know? And it's like, he showed all the green flags. Like, he was not playing about me. This wasn't just talking. This was action. Like, I met the man's parents after only dating for two weeks. Like, he was <laughs> like, he was like, you're the one I decided. Like, I just know. Like, we had what's called... Do you know anything about like twin flames mm -hmm. and like soulmates and all? But twin flames is is dangerous. Right. He was my twin flame. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And that, but I never knew about any of that. Like I'm learning this on the back end. So like they say, twin flames are the mirror of you. And when something bad happens, like the first sign of turmoil, you see yourself, you see all the parts of yourself that are unhealed that you still need to work on. You guys split. Now, if you're able to do the healing, outside of each other like independently and you can come back together in that lifetime that's the the lifetime that you ascend into like heaven and your spirit goes on but if you're unable to both heal and come back together in that lifetime you basically come back in another lifetime to learn the lessons and hopefully reconnect in that lifetime so this might be the end of the road for us or maybe it's not the end of the road i don't know but it's it's not up for me to decide I'm doing my healing in those two and a half months. Um, <laughs> in those two and a half months, we going to fight after this. <laughs> <laughs> were y'all together like a lot? Did y'all do a we lot were of things together, together? Yeah, we were together more than we were not. So he lived in LA and obviously I'm here in San Diego, but I stayed with him for two weeks at his house. Like, 
consistently. He spent about a week at mine and then we took a trip to Oregon. We had taken a trip to Vegas. Like we spent Thanksgiving together with his family. So yeah, like we were absolutely. Yeah. Around his birthday. We were like inseparable, inseparable. Um, I met him just after his birthday, like, Uh, like a week or two after. Uh, It was October. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I can't, I can't say his birthday because I feel like that's like revealing his identity. And I've been really good about like maintaining his anonymity. Cause I just feel like, does he mind? I'm sure he's somehow, somebody sent it to him and he's gotten wind of one of these. As of what? Yesterday, today's the 31st. As of yesterday, we've been 30 days, no contact. So whether or not he's actually the new the day before new year's eve was the last time yeah you didn't even get to come in with a kiss well technically technically the last time i spoke to him like was december 17th that was when we broke up but there was text messages that were exchanged after and then there was text messages that were not exchanged there was just text messages that i sent that never got responded to i got ghosted so i should say i've been no contact since december 30th oh but he's been no contact since even before, before then. That. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And you've never thought like, that's 2023, I should just leave that back there? Like leave him and move on? Of course I've thought that. But I... I Two and a half months. It's, it's my heart. Like I can't turn off my feelings in my heart. <laughs> like I still love this man. I don't okay. want to. I but don't do? want to, but I do. Like I... And it's like, I can't escape him in my dreams. Like... And that's like, that's subconscious. You know what I mean? Like you can't control what you dream about. And the, and then the dreams are so real. They're like, I wake up crying. I've never experienced this before. I've been in a five-year relationship and I've been in an 11 month relationship. Those are my two longest relationships. I haven't had any, I've had like short lived ones in between because I finally learned the lesson of if this is not good for me, I'm not going to stay where like past its expiration date. So if like, if it's not good, I'm out, you know? So in those relationships, those long-term relationships, I didn't even feel as strongly as I do in, did in this one, in two and a half months. That says a lot. Did you ever think that maybe he felt how you felt, that he reached your expiration date with you and he's, he had to like just cut it loose? I never thought that, and I'm going to tell you the reason why, because, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you homework. You and your wife (laughs) need to listen to this. It's, it's good because there's a lot to unpack there, a lot to learn. So pop some popcorn, open up a bottle of wine because I am a storyteller and I don't miss a beat. Like I'm very detailed. Um, But I want you to listen to the episode because this last one. Yeah. The last one. Yeah. Episode two. That's the one where I talk about this breakup Um, because the way this man loved me was like the way that I couldn't even imagine in my wildest dreams. He was perfect. Like, can I interrupt for one quick second? Yeah. You've heard of love bombing? Yeah, I've heard of it. I'm not trying to push back and I'm not trying yeah. to say that you're wrong or like the yeah. Lulu or anything. I'm just going to like put, push back in a, in a sense, like trying to like <laughs> see if, did you check all angles? Yeah. Did you, did you? Uh, yeah, I, I, obvi- I, after the breakup, like I started, you know, doing a lot of, like research and like I learned about love bombing I learned about narcissists I learned about avoidant attachment style anxious attachment style secure attachment style like all these terms I had never really thought about or even looked into like my Instagram feed is 
filled with it now because it's just like it, algorithm took yes, over. Yeah. So I'm learning a lot. And do I think he loved bombing? I think that there's a lot of similarities about how people describe love bombing and how he acted with me. But I think that society gets really, they go down this really slippery slope of labeling and wanting to like, literally wanting to label something in order to make it make sense. And not everything fits into like a square box, you know? And so I, I just know off of my own intuition because that's the one thing that in my mid thirties now I'm really starting to come in tune with and stop fighting is that, you know, we have God given gifts and women are given the gift of intuition and many times, especially women who have gone through some really traumatic experiences in younger, in younger years, have been taught not to listen to their own intuition and not to trust themselves. And my intuition has been so on point these past couple of years that I finally started trusting it, that I'm telling you it's something that's felt. It's not something that anyone else can understand. It's not something that anyone else could, how I can even explain, but like the love that that man showed me was real. And it's people can make whatever comments they want and they can try to label it. I know it was real. And the day that he broke up with me, he cried. And we even talk about this on the, that episode that I did in the ballroom where like the guys were pushing back, trying to be funny. And I think even, um, even the girl was like, oh no, like men have cried in the past and like to me and they were faking it. But I feel like you just know. I don't think he was faking it, but maybe you are like, maybe you were the perfect girl girlfriend just not for him and it hurts him to to like look in the mirror and be like dude you're wasting your time and it probably hurt it probably sucked to like have to walk away from something he knows just not for him maybe uh, i mean the reason that he gave me is he said that i made him realize he still needs a lot of work to do on himself and that he still needed to heal and it was a really hard thing for me to swallow and accept because i saw him as kind of like a god like honestly like i respected him so much and i learned so much from him and i felt like he was 10 steps ahead of me in so many areas of healing and and growth and mindset and i'm just like this is a crock of shit but people's journey is their own journey and there was a choice that he made that was questionable and that's what ultimately led to our divide is that i challenged him in making that decision because i knew it wasn't in line with the man he had shown me he was mm-hmm. and that was the decision of staying in a hotel that was known for prostitution what wait i'm sorry oh you, you've been you, completely out of the loop you did not do your homework before i got here. i don't like to do that because then mm. i'll know too much mm, got it so i'd rather go back and listen to it but if i already knew then i'd be like what am i going to talk to her about oh uh, so, okay like i want a fresh start even got when it. i was listening to the one where you did with carl yeah carlis like after a while yeah. I cut it because I was like, um, if I'm gonna talk to her, I don't wanna know yeah, too much. Know too much. Because then yeah. I don't know what to talk about. Right, 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 right. Because right. okay. then I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I heard that. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard that. And then it's like, what? they don't know. Right. Like, my listeners don't know. Yeah, yeah. So makes sense. That's why I didn't. He stayed at a hotel. Yeah. So he had a vacation planned um, prior to us dating because, as you know, it was a short-lived relationship, two and a half mm-hmm. months. So he was a. Um, like a guest of his best friend for a wedding. Oh, okay. And so they were traveling to um, Costa Rica and Colombia. And um, 
I was super secure in the relationship. I wasn't tripping, you know, like do your thing. You, you had a trip plan with your friend. We had already taken two trips together in the short time that we, we were dating. Um, but the problem is, is that really what ended up kind of alerting my intuition, like the first red flag that was raised was that I noticed he had changed his status on WhatsApp and like, I could no longer see his last scene. And I thought that was weird. And so like question him about it. That's a little sus. Little sus. Right. And so when I questioned him about it, instead of just saying like what the issue was and granted, like I'll give him grace here. Like it was four in the morning, his time, he had just gone back from partying and I'm just like, why did you ignore my question and like blowing him up? And he's like, I'm not dealing with this. It's four in the morning. And so of course that sent me on a spiral and I'm like blowing him up, calling, texting. He's not responding. And then the next morning I wake up, I'm like, holy shit. Like I was really emotional. I'm PMSing. I look at the calendar. I now I'm apologetic. Cause I'm like, I've never acted that way with him before. And he's just like, I need some time to process. Cause he's never seen that side of me. He's like, I'll be in touch before the end of the day. He wanted space. I don't do well with space that triggered like my abandonment issues. And now my anxious attachment style is like coming out. And so anxiety through the roof to the roof and plus I'm PMSing. And so, um, I'm going to like, so I sometimes get caught up in the details. So I'll try to like get to the point here. His assistant ended up dropping the bomb and telling me that he was staying in a hotel that was known for prostitution. His assistant. Yeah. Male because male. Um, but we shared this assistant. Okay. <clears throat> we shared him and I was trying to distract myself because anxiety was through the roof with work and he can hear the distress in my voice and was like, I'm a safe space. You can talk to me, you know? And so I decided that to blur business and personal boundaries, which I should have never done. Um, so I'll take ownership for that. Like I fucked up with that. Was the assistant there with him? No. How did the assistant know that it was a no? Because the man asked him. Brought him into his dirt. Oh. <laughs> like the man asked him to like change the reservation for him. And when he called, they tell you over the phone what this place is known for. We have many beautiful women. And, oh, shit. And when you go and you do the research and I like get on TikTok and I'm like, like there's TikToks and the, the comments, like the perverts in the comments and, you know, the articles on medium.com. It's like this place is known for it. And, you know, he swears to this day he didn't cheat on me. And and truth be told, I honestly believe him. But he's like, I wasn't on the trip by myself. This is where my friend wanted to stay. I thought we had trust. You know, I didn't tell you and I probably should have told you in hindsight now seeing how upset you are. But ultimately, like temptations everywhere. And it's really what it is I'm going to do. And the end of it when everything was said and done once of course my emotions settled down and I really had time to like step out of it and process my feelings I'm like he's right like he's guilty of one thing he made a poor judgment call he shouldn't have stayed at the hotel he shouldn't have in my opinion it was disrespectful to me in our relationship because I'm like that is not the behavior that I expect from somebody who is telling me he wants to marry me he's dating me with that intention and purpose is a love and relationship coach so you mean to tell me that if any of your clients came to you and said that their partner was staying at a hostel or okay uh, not that. a hostel, a brothel, you would tell them there's nothing wrong with that. Like I hold you a certain standard and level of expectation because you're a little bit more woke than most men, you know? So like I challenged him in this, in this decision-making and ultimately he ended up owning up to it and saying it was the wrong decision to make. 
but it didn't change the fact. Like, and, and of course I said, I forgive you. Cause there were so many other instances where you did show me consideration. You did think of me, you know, you were patient with me. You were kind with me because of course he lost, lost his cool on me after all this unfolded. Um, and that was what he tried to say is that like, you made me realize I still have more healing and more work to do on myself. But here's the thing. 11 relationship coach out of all people knows that in order to truly heal, you have to heal in relationship with someone else because we can do all the shadow work on our own. We could spend all the time in books and therapy, listening to podcasts, writing, meditating, yoga, whatever you do to heal, you can do all of it and really think that you're healed. But guess what? Until you get triggered, you don't know. You can't test it. And so you can be in this little bubble thinking everything's good, but it's in relationship, not just romantic. It could be friendships. It could be family. It could be anybody. It's in relationship that you're tested. So if you truly want a marriage or if you want a relationship that has real love, you have to be able to heal in relationship with someone else. Uh, I'm gonna go back. Did he have an, a valid excuse why he picked that hotel? Was he ignorant to? No. Like was he it actually, cheaper? Was no, he on a budget? No. So in this, this was the part that like blew my mind because I'm like, okay, I thought for sure he like he obviously I knew he stayed there. There was no way out of that. But I thought for sure he's gonna be like, I didn't know what kind of hotel it was till I got mm -hmm. there. No, he did not lie. He did not try to hide he it. Knew. He said not only did he book it, which I knew he booked it the day before he left, so it wasn't even booked months in advance. Not only that, he said, I had stayed here the last time that I was in Costa Rica. It was a, a return visit. Oh, so he's like, I, I had a great time there. I'm going back. He was single the last time he went there. He's mm -hmm. not single this time. That's true. His friend was single, but not him. That's crazy. I'm trying to like find an angle to like, just like. That's what Ball was saying <laughs> I, on the last podcast. He My was fellow like, brethren. He was like, he's like, I had his back the whole time. I was riding I'm for trying. him. But the moment that I found out that he booked it the day before he left. Was it like hard. everything booked and that was the only thing open? Well, then that, that's kind of where they were coming at my neck on the last podcast, because at first it was like, so he had already told me before he left that when they were visiting Tamarindo, which is another part of Costa Rica, they didn't have a hotel set up for them going out there. They were going to figure it out on the fly. And he was in communication with me the whole time he was there. He's like, yeah, babe, like, I'm so glad that we ended up not booking something because we got a recommendation from the locals and like, we got such a nice spot. And he's showing it to me on video on, on WhatsApp. And so I got to see the place that they were staying and it was beautiful. And then the next night, the very next night is when they went to Jocko, where this place is. And that hotel was already booked and he never told me about it. He never showed me it on, on, you know, WhatsApp or anything. Had he done that though? You probably would have been like, whatever, some fucking ranky dink hotel. I don't give a fuck. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like he could have hit, he could have like been honest and then would have avoided all that. That's what I'm saying. Like if he would have been honest with me, I wouldn't have been happy about the decision. But at the same time, like, okay, you told me. You know, and I, and I think he noticed that. That's why he said, like, I should have just told you, you know, in hindsight, I should have told you because then, you know, like you would have just known. And he admitted to that. But because like he had done like a boys night in Vegas, you know, easily. And, I mean, there's and, out there, too. 
Exactly. That's the, the whole you don't point. Pay for too. You know, and and they have one of those suites at like the Encore with like a massage room. It builds into and all of that. Yeah. It, they were doing it that style in Vegas. So, but again, we had trust, and so it didn't matter where he went. Temptation's gonna be everywhere. But you told me, you called me when you got there, you showed me the suite <laughs> on, on FaceTime. And then I actually went to Vegas the next day. So I crashed the boys thing. Cause we were out there for a specific reason. He went early to have that boys time. And I came out after and we, and we did our thing, you know, but it's like the trust was there when omission introduces a level of distrust. Mm. Only when it comes to light. When it comes to light, what do you mean? Yeah, because if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, right. When things are yeah. brought to light. But that's that's the beauty, right? It's like everything that's done in the dark eventually comes to light. And when you're one of God's divine protected children like I am, I'm chosen. I'm not laughing. I just. Yeah, I, I truly believe this, you right. know, because all the things that I've been through in life, I should have been dead in a ditch somewhere. But I always come out on top. And that's because I truly believe like God has a greater purpose for me. And I always have faith in him and I always keep him at the center. So like I'm protected. I'm somebody you don't fuck with because I'm not a vengeful person. I don't go seeking revenge. The way that I went about doing this podcast, there's a lot of things that I could have said that would have literally demolished this man. But I'm not going to do that it's because, because I love him. I love him. It's not in my character. Vengeance is not in my blood. It is not my karma to get. God gets the karma for me. You know, so if he was doing some dirt, if he was not good to me, if he made some decisions that were not above board, that's his karma. That's between him and his God, not me. Reminds me of that saying, you stand by the river long enough, you'll see the bodies of your enemies float by. Ooh, never heard that before. That's no, good. Sure. You got to wait. Wait it up. You ain't got to do nothing. Karma handles its, its yeah. own business. That it does. Damn, yeah, yeah I feel like I feel like sometimes issues can be resolved with like the simplest of communications. Oh, actually, I kind of want to talk about karma. Can we talk about karma yeah, a little yeah, bit? Because yeah. there's an experience that just happened over the weekend. So like I'm doing the shadow work. Right. And like they say, be careful what you ask for, because it will come. So like I have not talked to my foster family in a decade. And so I literally reconnected with one of my foster sisters over the weekend and it was so over, it was so unexpected. I was actually ready to go to brunch on Sunday. And it was a four hour phone call that I had with her. Damn. Four hours. What well, was like almost four hours. The only other person I had a four hour phone call with was my ex, the guy I just broke up with. That, that was our very first phone call was four hours. Four hours? That's how I'm trying to tell you. It was that kind Damn. of connection. <laughs> it was that kind of connection. The yeah. first phone call we ever had was four hours. Anyway, I digress. So... My, my foster sister and I have this talk. We get caught up in everything. And really the way that that whole relationship between all, me and my foster family ended was because I blocked them out of my life because it was extremely toxic. And I realized that it was not a mutually beneficial relationship. And it ended really bad to the point where, like I said, I had to block everyone. And so everyone hated me. Like I, I, was, I was the the um what is that saying like the stepchild the black sheep the black sheep but there's like another like saying about like a, a stepchild step i mean kid. i really was the foster, yeah, yeah, the the foster child kid. oh the black the, the redheaded redheaded stepchild, stepchild. That, yeah. that i couldn't think of it but that's who i was and everybody had somewhere to focus their anger and their um disappointment on right so like the truth came out in this call 
on on Sunday with my foster sister where she said, Victoria, when you removed yourself from the family, nobody had had a scapegoat anymore. They couldn't put the blame on you. They couldn't say that you were the problem. And so all of the truth started to unravel. And now it's actually coming. It, it became evident. No one talks to our foster mother anymore. All of my foster sisters basically started falling off one by one and severing their relationship with her because they started to see the truths that I was saying from 10 years ago. And so 10 years have gone by and all of us have pretty much lost touch. And now me doing this podcast, like I'm going to be talking to the youngest foster sister tomorrow. Like I, she wrote me an email and the, the sister that I just talked to said, Hey, check your inbox. Cause it got lost. And it was like in junk. I didn't even see it. And when I opened up this email and finally found it and read it, the amount of emotions that I felt. And it's like, it's, it's karma, right? It's like, it's karma that ends up taking care of itself. It might not be immediate, might not be within a couple of days, weeks, months, it might be a decade, but people are going to sit in their feelings and feel the things that they didn't want to, because there's no way to escape it. Here is, here was my little sister who was seven years younger, who literally said, I hope you forgive me. I should have had your back. I should have went harder for you. You were my sister. And now at 10 years later, she's like, I'm sorry. I hope you can forgive me. That's a lot. That's deep. It's deep. Was she also a foster? She was. I mean, well, technically she was, she was adopted from when okay. she was a baby. So, you know, there was three of us that were adopted and then there was three of us that were foster. I came in as a foster child, but I was adopted three days before I turned 18. The two other girls that were adopted were adopted from baby. One was three and one was like infant. She was the one that was an infant. So this mother is the only mother she ever knew. But I'll know more once we actually talk tomorrow. My my other sister basically like was like, it's her story to tell. And it's not my story to tell, to tell you what's going on. But it seems like 10 years later, she's now experiencing a little bit of what I went through. And it's like, oh, maybe Victoria was right. Maybe she wasn't crazy. Maybe what she was saying, she actually went through, you know? And it's sad because that's the only mother she ever knew. But it doesn't matter because when somebody's mindset and heart is is cold and and dark and and unhealed, it doesn't matter who you are, you're gonna you're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gonna get it. So she was a foster mom, so she the government shot her some money. She still is. Oh damn. I don't know if she will be after this episode, though. <laughs> she, uh, because they get paid pretty well for like per kid, and they that's do. like a scam. It's like a, it's like a, a known scam that people bring in foster kids just for the money and treat them like shit. And then, and I was naive and really had no idea the extent of it. When you become an adult, you start to learn these truths. Mm, you start to see what it. Then you look back when you, the older you get, you're like, damn, what the fuck? Yeah, that's what the next episode's gonna be about. These are like really hard things to talk through, you know, and like for the longest time, I never even told anyone I was a foster kid because once again, just like she told me, you better tell them you're Puerto Rican so they don't beat your ass. She told told me, don't tell them that you're a foster child because, you know, they're going to judge you. And so I literally had identity identity issues my entire like teen to like young 20s because I was so afraid of people not accepting me for who I was. Like, so I, I created who I wanted to be. Did you, did you make up like a little accent or something? 
No. No? Just kidding. In Jersey, I mean, we all kind of talk the same. Ah. You know? A little Jersey accent. Yeah. You had a boyfriend out there, you said? Of course. Is he like a Jersey guy? Like a... Actually, I always like dated a, the guys um, from New York. Oh, okay. Like, my first boyfriend was from Jersey, who... Shout out to my first boyfriend. I actually just reconnected with him today. I'm telling <laughs> you. Like, so much stuff is coming out because... I had to talk about him in this last podcast episode and I'm going through some memories. I don't have much cause I lost a lot, like being shuffled around through foster care and stuff. Um, but he is the one person that kept in touch with me while I was in foster care. He actually came to visit me, um, while I was in my foster home and my, the dog that we had bit him in his face. So he still has a scar to this day on his cheek from, Damn. from my dog. Yeah. And he was writing me letters and, you know, professing his love to me. And it was wild going back and like reading them. Cause like we had broken up because my mom was not supportive of our, of our relationship. I've always dated black guys. Like that's oh. just, it's my type. And so since I was 13, my mom hated it. My mom was like very racist and she would not let me date him. So we had to sneak around and he eventually got tired of it and was just like, I can't do it. Is your mom from the East coast? Like originally yeah. from New York? Yeah. She's born and raised Jersey Italian? too. Yeah. Yeah. Italian Sicilian. That makes sense. Yeah. It's that old way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we still remain friends and he actually came to visit me in the shelter for my 16th birthday, but we were like just friends. Then when I went into foster care, he visited me there. He was writing me letters and like he wrote me a total of three letters, but like it was two, two separate like envelopes. So the first like letter was, you know, above board and everything. The second letter, one was said old letter and one said new letter. <laughs> and so the old letter was like telling telling me he loved me. He's waiting for me to respond. He doesn't know why I haven't written him back, all this stuff. And then the new letter is new letter. I reconnected with one of my exes and I, I realized that like, I actually still really have feelings for her. So, you know, I don't know why I haven't heard back from you yet, but I'm closing our chapter and I'm going to explore this. Hey, shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he had included like pictures of us from my 16th birthday in the shelter. And so those are, you know, will be included in my podcast, the next episode. And, um, it was, it was wild. Cause like, of course he's like moved on now, you know, it's been so long, but like he told me that he like shared some honest truths about like how I was one of the first girls he ever loved. And like, oh. I guess I set like a bar really high and I don't know. Maybe eventually I'll share those messages if he says it's okay. Cause like I, I was tooting my own horn a little bit today. I was like, <laughs> wow, you still feel the same about me. And only to know that you like glowed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When you look at pictures of me back then versus now, and it's not even just physical though. Like no, I mean, my like heart in general, like too. Life. Yeah. My yeah. mind, all of that. He's doing really well for himself though too. Like, That's dope. yeah, very well for himself. So you've had three, uh, well, he was my first boyfriend ever, but I mean, that's like puppy love, yeah. you know, like, um, but I, I consider three great loves. Um, I'm actually doing episodes on every single one of them. Um, so girlfriend, the girlfriend part one is my five-year relationship. The girlfriend part two is my 11th month relationship. And the girlfriend part three is this, uh, two and a half month relationship that just ended. Now there was other boyfriends in between, but they didn't make the cut. They because of time or because how you felt about them, how I felt about them. Oh. Like, I mean, I cared about them of course. And there might've been moments where I told them that I love them, but 
I think in those instances, to your point, what you said earlier, I think I was more in love with the idea of them or the idea of being in love. And I did a lot of like falling in love with potential and looking for projects and like trying to play build a boyfriend and then being disappointed when they didn't like meet my standards. So Victoria, the builder over here. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) They'll fix her up or. (laughs) I mean, I saw my mom do it, but not in that context. Like she just was so in touch with her masculine. Like this woman would mow the lawn and snow blow and hang up like icicle lights for Christmas and brag to me about it. And I'm like, go get a man. Like, why are you so proud of that? And now I feel bad as like a 35 year old single woman because uh, i pushed them no, no, no my no, no, mom because you said like go get a man and she did and then she picked him over you so that's the irony in all of this yeah. and i don't know if you saw what irony. i posted today um the reel that i posted today so the man who broke our family apart and who sent me into foster care i chose him yeah for your mom right my mom was celibate for 15 years she never brought a man around Damn. This was the very first boyfriend that she ever brought into my life. And I chose him. And damn, that's irony. The irony for real. My mom, when my dad died, my mom never dated again. Like, she wouldn't even look at another man. Wow, that's loyalty. She was like, my, the love of my life died already. How long were they together? Uh, for a hot minute, probably like 20, wow. 20 plus years. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I'll be like, Ma, you need to get yourself a little sugar daddy. So, you know, <laughs> somebody about to kick rock. She's like, she's like, I didn't. She's like, I barely put up with your dad. You think I'm going to put up with a brand new man who's going to tell me what to do? She's like, man, I've been taking care of myself forever. She's like, I'll never. When you actually meet the love of your life, though, when you genuinely feel like you met that person, that soulmate, nobody will ever compare. Mm. You know, like when you actually experience that love, even for the littlest time that it is, it could be a very short time to have loved in that way and then never get it again. You, you'll be grateful even just for that. So you seen the dragon, the dragon. Huh? I heard that term. Mm-mm. Uh, people who do drugs, mm. uh, specifically like heroin and crack. Mm. The first time they do it is like such an incredible high that they're constantly just chasing that high. Mm. So they get addicted because they're just looking for that original, first high they don't ever get it but they keep chasing Mm, the dragon damn yeah that's deep yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean like because i've i've literally thought this to myself several times over like the way that this last guy that i dated loved me he set the bar so fucking high that i just don't ever know if i'll ever experience that again you know like i hope and i pray that that's in my future because i want to be married and i want to have a husband and i want to have children but like to have been loved in that way and to have lost, it's like, even if it was just for two and a half months, I'm grateful to have received it because I can't imagine being loved any other way now. Do you feel some type of way if he popped up with a new girl? I mean, of course, but what control do I have over that? Yeah, that's true. Your feelings are going to be your feelings. Did oh, you yeah. ever in that whole 30 or 30 plus days of the breakup think, oh, is there somebody else? Of course. <laughs> how, of course. How did you deal with that? Like, did you investigate? Did you turn into like a little stalker? And- I couldn't. He blocked me on everything. Damn. Yeah. And now Instagram has this new feature. Like when. It blocks all your accounts. You can't even have a Finsta. 
So, you know, like, and honestly, it's probably healthy because you can go down a really slippery slope of a rabbit hole trying to like stalk somebody. It's probably more emotional, healthy to like not do that. But has a thought crossed my mind? Of course, if him and I could have fallen in love as fast as we did, why? because I still love him, I'm like, who wouldn't love him? But that doesn't mean that just because I loved him in that way, somebody else is like different strokes for different folks. Other people can see the way that he loved me and be like, this is a major red flag. You're love bombing me. Take it slow. And I actually did do that in the beginning. I was like, and I talk about that in the podcast, like this is moving fast. Like, but I allowed him to lead me. And again, all the actions were there. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get in the way of love. I'm not going to block my blessings. But yeah, like the thoughts crossed my mind, but I like to believe that it was real what we both experienced experienced and that he is very much still looking his wounds as a, as much as I am. Like the man cried when he broke up with me. It didn't feel like that was something he truly wanted. Was there something else greater at play there? Possibly. I'll never know. And that's the worst part. The closure, huh? I don't believe in closure though. Yeah. I mean, he probably feels like he gave me closure because we had the conversation where he was saying, I'm breaking up with you. But then those additional text messages I told you I sent that I never got a response back was me saying, this doesn't make sense. How does a perfect love end like this? Can we please talk? I need more closure. I don't understand it. How can you let go? All of that got ignored. So for him, he didn't ghost me. He had the conversation, but that was all he felt like he needed to do where I'm Mm -hmm. like, I need more. I don't get it. I'm a Gemini. I need to make (laughs) logic of everything. Yeah. And he knows that about me too. So he's probably like this girl. I just don't, I don't believe in the closure thing because I feel like whatever is healthier for you. Yeah. Like for him, just leaving you on red or seen was the healthiest. He's like, that's just, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get selfish and shit. Well, that's exactly what he was doing. And he told me that because like his analogy that he used was I need to put the mask on me before I could put it on anyone else. Oh, the, the air, yeah, airplane. the airplane analogy. That's a good one. And so he, he said, like, I have work that I need to do myself. I have healing I have to do myself. I can't show up for you those, the way that I have when I know these things about myself now. Damn, that's deep. I did hear that uh, he, Carl asked you if you would give it back with him. Yeah. So my feeling still remains the same. Like if he came back and he was healed and he was committed to showing me that he's doing the work and like we would be in therapy together and he'd be in therapy and I'd be in therapy. Um, I'd be open to it. But like there's so much pain that's happened since then. You know, it's like it, it's a lot of things to work through. And then, you know, while I haven't been stalking him because I'm physically unable to, that doesn't mean, (laughs) pull up his profile right (laughs) now. I got you. (laughs) Got multiple accounts on That doesn't mean that we don't have mutual friends um, that have sent me some things. Oh, the screenshots. Not not screenshots, but I've been getting like podcasts that he's been doing. Um, So people are like sending me podcasts that he's been on and I'm like, hmm. Has he mentioned you? He hasn't, but it, that doesn't surprise me because he's a very, very, very private person. Um, and he doesn't really talk about anyone. Like he made one mention of like an ex from like his like longtime ex that was like over 10 years ago. And all he said is they kept coming back and forth to each other. Like he doesn't get into details like I do. Um, and he really like values privacy, you know? 
So I don't expect that he would, you know, talk about me. But the whole point, the reason why I bring this up is because as we've been apart and I listen to some of the things he's saying in these podcasts, the level of hypocrisy between what he says to his clients and how he tells people to show up in relationship and how to love versus how he does himself is wild. And I'm just like, as I mentioned earlier, like I would, I've been obsessed with him. I've looked at him as kind of like a God. He's been my hero. Like I have just admired him in every which way. And it's almost like this image that I had of him is somewhat crumbling now because I'm like, was that just who you wanted me to believe you are? Because the proof is in the pudding, baby. And yes, you made me feel loved in a way I never experienced before. And that was real. But they say the real test of someone's character is in times of conflict. Mm. And if that's who you show up as when you're in your worst mindset and you're challenged the most, that's who you truly are. And so it does make sense that he said to me, I need to do some more work on myself and I need to heal on myself. These uh, friends, have they sent him that you're talking about him? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Is you talking about him like a indirect way of speaking to him? No, it's truly, it's truly my healing journey. Like it's, it's the fact that for so many, like, I hid for so many years. Like at, when I moved to San Diego, nobody knew that I used to be 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like, saw the throwback. You saw the throwback? Okay. I posted that today. All right. So it's like I'll, what I'm doing right now is stepping into my truth in every aspect. And that's why I'm doing it. Now, do I subconsciously hope he hears it? Of course. <laughs> of course. You yeah. never gave me an opportunity for closure. You never gave me an opportunity to continue to speak to you. And I have reason to believe that there's outside influences in his ear that don't have his best interests at heart. So it's like, I've always thought that there's always like people, I think people don't think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they acting this way? Who's in their Who's ear? Who's in their ear? And they're always like, nobody, nobody. Somebody's in your ear. Somebody's in your ear for you to make the it's decision always. you made. Because if it truly was a decision you wanted to make, why are you crying? The level that I felt of like, and I, I, I'm telling you, I feel this man's my, tw- my twin flame. Like I feel him. And it, there's a reason why he's coming to me in dreams. When I tell you he was like this, I've never had a dream like this before. It tripped me the fuck out. He was like this in front of my face, having a conversation with me about how he made a mistake, like almost nose to nose. And I'm like, I woke up crying because it felt so real. I was shaking. I've never experienced anything like that. I don't know if that's us communicating through dreams because we're not able to communicate in real life because he's maybe in his avoidant stage right now. Or maybe there's someone in his ear and he feels like people are watching what he's doing. And how can you go back to that crazy bitch? She blew you up, you know, or who knows what they're saying. I mean, that sounds like a guy friend. Right. Or like you were only with her for two and a half months, you know. Bugging, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, why is she acting this way? Or, you know, you made a small mistake or whatever. And, you know, do you know what it's going to have to take for you to rebuild trust? And it's only been two and a half months easier to just cut your losses. Like, who knows who's saying what to him? But here's the other thing that's made me sit back, take a step out of out of the situation outside looking in. Right. I've asked for a man who's going to lead me. I've asked for a man that I can respect and admire. And in all instances, 
he's ex- was has been exactly that. Now in conflict, there has been something else that's been revealed to me. So if you are that easily influenced by someone else in your ear, whoever that may be, that you can't make your own decision based off of how you feel, your heart, your mind, all of these things, and you're going to let somebody influence your decision, that's not a leader. That's not a man built to lead me as a husband, as a father, as the person that I, I submit to. That's not it. Somebody who can communicate their feelings and how they're, they're feeling like you betrayed my trust or you overstepped boundaries, you did too much, you know, whatever it is, because I know I did things wrong. And my entire podcast, I acknowledge all the things that I know I did wrong outside looking in, even though he should have told me himself, <laughs> but he was try- probably trying to be self-sacrificial, be a gentleman. When he tells me, Victoria, it's nothing that you did wrong. You did nothing wrong. Oh, it's not that, you, it's me. Those were his words. You did nothing wrong. It's me. I have to do the work on myself. I need to heal more. I need to, you know, work on myself more. And I'm like, no, I went crazy and I brought World War Three to you and you didn't deserve that. And I never talked to you that way. Yeah, but look at how, this is his response. Yeah, but look at how many instances where you were upset about something and I met you with patience and love and kindness and it didn't spiral into that. When you brought up the whole WhatsApp thing, I should have met you with patience and love and, and explained it. And instead I just shut it down and I didn't respond and it sent you in down that. So again, he tried to take all the blame, but it always takes you to tango. And sometimes you, not sometimes all the time, you have to have those hard conversations. You have to face maybe making your woman cry and maybe making her see herself and where she did wrong. So she's an opportunity to improve. No one's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. It's okay to tell her you fucked up. You don't think I know it was wrong for me to open up to the assistant that we were both sharing and tell the assistant our dirt. That's so wrong. I know that it was, you know, amongst other things that I did. But it's like, that's how relationships grow. That's how they get stronger is being able to have those hard, honest conversations with your partner and allowing those wounds to heal. Because when they heal, that scar tissue and scar tissue is way stronger and thicker than regular skin. That was a gem. We should clip that part. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But scar tissue opens up easier. Does it? Yes. Mm. That's why fighters keep getting cut. In the same spot because the scar tissue that keeps ripping. Learn something new every day. Um, I I I'm thinking from like the man side of it. I want to hear it, Give and it I just want to be like, girl, read the room. Like you just tell me what am like, I? You not just saying? ain't you ain't you ain't. I'm not it for him. You're not her. I'm not her. You're just not her. Like you are though. You I mean you you look beautiful for, some, for someone else. I'm You're stylish. Her. You know you, I'm. I heard that you have like amazing worth at worth at ethic. Uh, thank you. But there's just like yeah. that missing thing that you just probably don't have. Like you probably are a perfect girl, just not in his world. Right. right. And it's just, and it sucks. Cause when you say that he's saying like, it's not you, it's me. That's like the old, old, like, you know, breakup book. one So I want to like challenge you on that a little bit. Right. Because that makes complete sense what you're saying. And I don't take offense to it at all. And I'm not trying to be offensive. No, not at all. But it's like that. It literally comes down to like finding the one, right. Finding the person for you. Um, Because believe me, like I could be the most beautiful girl in the world. That doesn't mean that I'm a good fit for that man based off his mindset, what he's looking for. Right. So, but here's where I want to challenge a little bit and push back. This man told me, he decided on me. He told me that he was, I'm not going to say his age, but let's just say, you know, older than me. I know what I want. 
I've been out here. I've been looking. I know what I found. I'm not going to risk losing it. I've decided on you. You're my person. I know without a shadow of a doubt. He even talked about my eyes looking familiar from past life readings that he had. And that the moment he looked into my eyes, he knew that I was the one and I was the woman he was prevented from loving in a village in a past life. He told me, I love you unconditionally several times in writing and face to face and said that when you love someone unconditionally, you love them through all their flaws and everything that's wrong. And he told me there's nothing that you can do that would make me stop loving you. And that when you love somebody unconditionally, you're committed to waking up every day and loving them through the hardest times. So if he tells me all of these things and he was loving me that way too, because there was moments where I wasn't so pleasant, where I maybe caught an attitude or maybe I was frustrated. Yeah. And he was so patient with me and so loving. And I never had a man respond to me that way, you know? So the proof was in the pudding until this one instance. But then eventually his actions showed the truth. I mean, when you hear unconditional, for instance, when I think unconditional, my mom, my mom loves me unconditionally. I could be a jerk sometimes. I'm sure I've done things that probably upset her. Every night she's still going to text me, good night, I love you. Yeah. Every morning she's going to text me, good morning, I love you. It doesn't matter. That's why I always say, like, no, controversial. Some people don't believe this. Like, moms comes first, then your wife or girlfriend. Just because she will always be my mom. And she will always love me through my ups and downs. Where my partner can one day be like, you know what? Like, you, I just fell out of love. But the unconditional, like, if he's showing you, he can't say, I love you unconditionally and then walk away from you. That's what I'm saying. That's like, that's oxymoron. Like, it's and just, especially for somebody like me, who my love language is words of affirmation. I'm going to take that for face value and I'm going to hold you to it, you know, because for me, even also coming from the East Coast, word is bond. Don't say something. I don't blow hot air around me because I will hold you accountable to it. I don't blow hot air. I'm a woman of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And a lot of times that intimidates weak men all the not all the time. It intimidates weak men. And that's a lot of I've actually ran many men off that I was interested in because of how strong I am. And I'm aware of that, which is why I've been trying to step more into like an alpha woman. hundred percent. I was raised by a strong, independent woman. I never had a male figure. I learned how to be both masculine and feminine energy. And I turn on whichever one is needed in whatever situation I'm in. So I, what I've learned about myself over the years is that if I'm in the presence of a beta male, I will 100% be alpha, which will emasculate a man. So I had to get very clear on what kind of partner I wanted. And if he's not giving leader energy, if he's not giving alpha male, it's not going to work. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how attracted I am to you or I want to make it work. If you can't lead me, if I can't learn something from you, I'm not going to be submissive. And then I'm not going to be able to be in my feminine and we're already doomed. So like I had to learn that later on in life. And that's why a lot of my relationships prior didn't work because I was picking partners based off of how they treated me, which is not a bad thing. But I also need to be able to respect that person. And if I'm not learning from them, if they're not leading me, then I'm going to be the one in control. And I don't want a partner that I can walk all over. Maybe he felt that. Felt what? That. That I was like trying to walk all over him. And no, then, you, like the alphaness. Maybe he doesn't like that. No, he likes that. He, he actually, his mom was more the alpha and, yeah, and his yeah. dad was more the beta and he doesn't actually so much even subscribe to that mentality. Like he very much prefers like a partnership. Like he wants it to be even. And 
That's a Libra thing. Yeah. And, and honestly, like I even have mixed feelings about that a little bit. And I challenge his mindset because, you know, I've always had that mentality too up until recently, because I'm like, no, like I want a man to provide and protect. And like, not that I can't do it for myself, but like, I just want that. Like I want to feel the most feminine I possibly can. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to contribute. That doesn't mean that I don't, you know, I'm just sitting here and you're just financing me. That's never going to be the case. I'm, I literally have three businesses. Like I'm a serial entrepreneur. There's no way that I will never not work in my life, but I want a partner that when we go and take a trip somewhere or we go out to, to dinner or what, I don't touch my wallet, you know, or like you're planning things, you're initiating things like I want to be in my most feminine. And I think that's because I spent so much of my life in survival mode that I just want to be like, you want to be in a soft girl era. I do. I do. And like, when we took a trip, like, do you know how nice it was to just like, you see those memes on Instagram where it's like traveling with Bay and it's like, I'm not touching the suitcase. Like, I don't have to think like, I just, I'm following you. Like I can for <laughs> once in my life be the ditz. Like I want yeah. to be that because I never get to shut off. And a man is designed to lead. That is his true nature. So let me let you be the man and let me stop trying to be a fucking man. Did you do that? Not with him, but in other relationships. 100%. <laughs> no, did you let him lead? 100%. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh. And he wanted me to lead a little bit more. Uh, see, I'm just not compatible. I think we Maybe. problem solved. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Up. Get yourself a new man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because some guys, you say he's older? Yeah. I mean, not much older, but a little still, bit. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, generational shit. I think generations these days and then what, like social media. Like still within his 30s. Saying, you know, like, I don't mean this in any disrespectful way at all. Towards you, I got a just thick skin. You don't, you don't gotta walk in eggshells around but me. But it's just like, me. imagine letting a girl tell you what a man is when she don't even have no one. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you didn't grow up with one, but you know what a man is. Like you're just going off what, what social media. That's big facts. That's like big you're going facts. off social media. You're going off what TikTok is telling you a man is because you got yeah. women who are taken care of. And then there's the other part. A lot of women want to be the taken care of. One hundred percent. I hope you find the ladies. Yeah. I hope you do. Yeah. Find a dude that's going to take care of all your finances, give you the prison treatment. But back in the day, those women, you know, they may not have worked, but they worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, men came home to like a home cooked meal. Home cooked meal. But know, that's, that's where no I. Stress. Right. That's Kids where were, I was adding value, though. Yeah. Like every opportunity that I could to cook for him, I did. When his clothes were out of the dryer, immediately I'm folding them. You know what I mean? Like I was in my soft girl era. Like I was doing all that kind of stuff and I enjoyed it. That's the thing. I wasn't doing it and feeling like, fuck, I got to do it. No, yeah. I knew it made him happy. I knew he didn't want to do it. I knew that that's where I can add value and I liked it. So it's like, you're right. It boils down to compatibility. What do you want in a partner? Do you want somebody who's going to help you pull the weight or do you want somebody who's going to be a little bit more submissive? You know, I could do both and I was willing to do both, but. That's just what it comes down to com being compatible. Yeah. You guys have to both be aligned on the same, same page and shit. Right. Right. Yeah. 100%. I think that's the biggest, like you want somebody who's going to help you that you be, you know, the princess treatment for yeah. lack of a better term. But, um, Maybe he's like, nah, I want somebody who's going to, like, help out. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I did help out. Like, 
I'm not I, saying you didn't. I'm, I paid for our flights. He paid for the hotel. So I mean, to did me, did you that's, ever complain about that? I did actually. I did, but it, but not in the way that you would think I would complain. It was like the situation is I was invited to go on a trip with him, and because like I have the like for a living, like one of my businesses that I run is executive support services. So think of it as like executive assistant work. So I book travel for a living as like one of the things for my clients. So when he's like, let's go on this trip and he's busy because he's working, I'm like, well, I can book the flights for us. Like, just tell me when you want us to get there. So I do it. But like when I'm looking to be reimbursed for it, I think we like had our wires crossed because we didn't talk about it originally. Mm. But it's like my, my understanding is like, if you invite me somewhere, you invited me somewhere. And especially in the earlier stages of dating, like we're courting, you know what I mean? But then like, I'm asking, he says he's going to send the money. The money never comes. He says he's going to send the money, the money. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, why am I asking my boyfriend for money right now? I don't do this, you know? But then we finally have the hard conversation because I pushed it. And I was like, hey, like, I'm more than happy to help out. But like, I just need to understand what the expectation is ahead of time. I'll take this. Maybe the, you know, I should have asked you and like communicated, but like, I probably may have not agreed to go on this if I knew that this was going to be the situation, you know, mm. because like if did I want to spend, you know, eight hundred dollars on flights to Oregon? Probably not. Like I'd rather have gone to Europe or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But when push came to shove, you know, we both acknowledged like, yeah, we should have had that conversation. But his whole thing was we're both adults. And, you know, I'm not anyone's parent. Like I expect, you know, us to be able to pair our, our own things. And, you know, he's not wrong for that. Like on the trip, he paid for pretty much everything, like all of our meals and everything that we did. Um, and that was just the chivalrous side of him, you know, like he was very big on like date nights and like entreating me and things like that. But you know, not everybody's rich. Like not everybody just has it like that. So that's where I started to challenge him a little bit. I'm like, well, let's say hypothetically that you were rich, you know, like would I still be paying for things? And the answer was like, only if like you, like, well, I didn't say paying for things. I said, would I still be working? And he said, only if you want to work. And like, that was the response that I was looking for, even though I know I would never not work. Like I've right. literally been working since I was 10 and I don't think I would have a purpose for living if I didn't work. But I just want to know that like, you're not relying on me. I was going to ask, does he make good money? You don't have to give me like a number. I'm just saying like in, like in he general. He makes enough money to support himself and live a comfortable life for himself. But you know, it's, it's expensive a, to live in SoCal. You know what I mean? Like to be able to take care of yourself and another person, potentially a family, like, you know, you, you gotta be doing like some big things. Does he live a lifestyle similar to yours? Kind of. Does he like name brands and. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. he has it for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe you guys are just on two different. No, 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 no. no. I've, I've spending habits learned or? to date with somebody who is within my same like bracket of income okay. and intelligence and things like that. So, but I mean, was there a major shift in his income? Yeah. Like he used to play in the NFL for five years and oh, okay. doesn't anymore. So it's like, you know, we're both entrepreneurs and as entrepreneurs, it's like, you have some good months, you have some bad months It ebbs and it flows and you got to be smart about your money. And, you know, you can't just sit there and ball out all yeah. the time. You know what I mean? You, you got to make smart decisions. So, 
Um, if I felt that he couldn't keep up in any way, I wouldn't have, um, I wouldn't have pursued the relationship. And also I know that I'm a multiplier. So there's that, right? Like I can meet a man and as long as he's got a path and a direction and he's doing it, he might not be at his peak, but he will be at his peak with me because of the skills that I bring to the relationship and how I, I literally am in a support role. Like my whole business, I, I worked 10 years in corporate as an executive assistant for CEOs, CFOs, and presidents of multi-billion dollar fortune 500 companies. Like there's no person that I date that isn't going to gain value from dating me. So as long as you have the direction, as long as you have the ambition, anything that you do, I'm going to multiply tenfold. So I'm never really worried about how much money a man has up front because I'm not dating him for that. I'm dating him for, are you a good husband? Are you going to be a good father? Are you going to be a good partner? Like, do I have a good opportunity for a life with you because the money that's not an issue that's gonna come you feel me yeah yeah i don't know man i'm just trying to figure out why he would like you're like how how could he walk away from a fucking 10 (laughs) (laughs) matter of fact a 20 i know that's what i'm trying to figure it out too but that's the thing i felt like he was a 22 like i felt like we were perfectly complimented i felt like he was my twin flame Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of sucks, huh? It does. It's been like almost over a month. Well, officially we've been broken up since December 17th. So going on two months. Almost, yeah. Well, coming up on it, yeah. Are you going to let this uh, interfere with you meeting like the next one? I'm not ready. Not ready? I'm not ready. Not, no dates, nothing? No. That's no. Good. I did get back on like online dating and I think that was just like. On the apps? Yeah. Which one? I'm on all of them. On all of them. That's yeah, what's up. Yeah, yeah. From the women I've talked to, they always said like the men on there are pretty, pretty whack. They are. And so like, it's like, I think it was more of like when it was more of an action of like from hurt that I think I like reactivated oh, my like, profiles. Like petty. No, I'm not a petty person, but it's like, it's like hurt. Like, okay, well, if you don't want me, somebody else will. Yeah. But it's not like petty. It's just like, that was like the hurt Victoria. Then you like, come across this profile. You're like this, mother- you know? And so, like, I reactivate the profiles, but, like, I don't get on there. I'm not swiping. I'm not taking dates. Like, I see notifications coming in, and, like, I just know I'm not ready. And I think that that's a major part of doing the work, right, of, like, you don't want anyone to be – you don't want to be a rebound, and you shouldn't make anyone your rebound. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still licking my wounds. I still truly love this man. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be sitting in these feelings until I finally get over it, but I need to like lean into my own intuition and do the work and like let God work in mysterious ways because I feel like what's meant for me won't miss me. And maybe in through doing all of this healing, I'll meet my person. And then that I'll know like when I meet the right person, but like meeting somebody now I think would be so unfair Cause I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, cause I'm doing podcasts talking about him. I'm posting (laughs) social media. I'm posting (laughs) reels of like our stuff, you know? And it's like, who wants to see that? I know that if I was a girl dating a guy and like, I was interested in them and they're constantly posting and talking about their ex, I'd be like, hello. (laughs) Like I wouldn't want anything to do with them. So like, I realize that I'm like kind of unavailable right now. That doesn't mean that people aren't shooting their shot. As a matter of fact, I feel like 
it's almost increased because it's like what I've noticed is that. Did you delete pictures of you guys? I never had posted pictures. Oh, okay. I never actually posted him. I posted him on my story, but I actually, now that we've broken up, I posted him, but he's blurred and everything to protect his oh. identity. Of course. Those um, who know, no. Huh? Those who know, no. Yeah. I mean that they saw the original thing that was posted, but. At, do they remember what he looks like? Probably not. How about your friends, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Just like his friends know who I am, you know? Like, we we were very much intertwined into each other's lives. For God's sake, I met his entire family. I would love to be a fly in that group chat. <laughs> the one that's like, hey, yo, you see what Victoria's doing? It's like, nah, yeah. I blocked it. Yeah, I don't know. I his probably His family probably, like, hates me now. I don't know. Like, I, I realize that that might be a possibility and like that might, and he, he probably hates me now, you know, for, for me, like talking about it the way that Could I have, be. uh, I mean, people, that's the problem is that, you know, as I'm learning, cause I, I even like, I, I, I can't say names. I'm not going to give details, but like, as I'm stepping into this podcast and I'm revealing my truth, I realize that even though my truths might be shared truths with other people, other people aren't walking the same healing journey I am. And so they can admire and respect what I'm doing for, from afar, but not want anything to do with it. And I can't take it personal because that's, that's where they're at in their life, you know? But also it's permanent. You know, like everything you put out, it's yeah. permanent. Like it's always going to be out there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, some people are like, oh, it's a little scary. Yeah. Like people have been hesitant to come on. They're like, no, I don't know. I don't want to like, but this Open is the up. part that makes you want to shake people because I'm like, you know, once you once you step into a certain level of like awakening and your past worrying about what people think about you and judging you and um, you're living your truth and without fear of judgment, it's so freeing and it's so empowering. And there's so much strength in community because you'll notice that once you start doing it. So many people are reaching out saying like, mm. I went through the same thing Facts. or I've been looking for somebody to say these things. And it's like, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm, it just makes me wonder like, why, why do we hide? Why isn't there more authenticity? Why isn't there more vulnerability and transparency? Why does everyone feel like they need to put on a facade and be somebody who they're not? That's because the, the world would be such a better place if people truly were just them. The internet though, you gotta, that's why like Instagram's all highlights. None of the behind the scenes. It's disgusting. Everything, uh, what is that? Drake, he has this line. He says, um, she's, she puts, portrays like a perfect relationship until she puts her phone down. Mm. Meaning that she's only posting it, but it's not real. You know? Yeah. So, social media is a, like it's a, a drug. Bitch. Yeah, it's a bitch. It's a bitch. It's deceiving as fuck. Mm, it you is. don't want to hear a funny story? Yeah, me I my, do. Uh, me and my wife went out for my sister's birthday and I valeted my, our car across the street. So we went to go get it. And there was a Lambo parking in front. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody bossed probably up. Probably my ex's Lambo. <laughs> somebody bossed up. We had a valet up in the front and the dude came. And from looking at him, I would have never guessed like that was his car. Okay. Definitely you know, not, not, that, my not, that, <laughs> not that I was like <laughs> judging him, but you know, you have to pay for the valet, right? Yeah. He had to split the payment and like, and he was like fumbling through. Maybe it is my ex's Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> he was like fumbling to like, find another card and i was like bro how, how much did you spend renting clearly renting the the lambo like probably like i don't know what do they go like a thousand maybe no fucking clue i've never whatever you spent on it for what 
Just to come and park it outside the restaurant. He's trying to get some pussy. That's true. I mean, and these and these girls are dumb enough to fall for it. (laughs) And then the next day he picks you up for the date. Where's your Lambo? Recording yourself in the Lambo. Oh my god! (laughs) Ugh, the ick. How do you feel about that? Like, do people ever put you in that category? All the fucking time. Yeah, I can see it. But like, I'm sure I'm, I'm so glad you asked because like, and even saying like, I can see it because we've had a very deep conversation here today. And like, this is honestly one of the reasons why I've stepped into my truth the way that I have. And I've started to expose it because my entire, not my entire life, like since I've got fit, since I've gotten healthy and I've changed my appearance in that way. And this is why it's like, there's two sides of me, right? I used to be the fat girl and I used to be discriminated against because of the way that I looked because I was too heavy. And like, even then though, I was confident and like, I got dudes, you know, but now it's like next level. Right. And it's like, people will judge me from the outside and be like, Oh, I know what she's about. I know mm-hmm. what kind of guy she dates. Oh, I know I can't even step to her because, you know, my pockets aren't deep enough. And it's like so, so many people and it's, it's human nature. Like we, we look at people, we stereotype, we judge, like that's human nature, but it's like, why, why don't we take the time to ask, ask questions, have conversations, understand how someone's heart is. And so I'm victim to, or not victim. I'm guilty of it. Because prior to launching this podcast just a month ago, you look at my Instagram, go back a, a little bit more since when I didn't, I, I, oh, I scrolled, you scrolled. Yeah, I scrolled. Picture, perfect pictures, picture, <laughs> perfect pictures, like uh, one banger after the next. I'm guilty of it, you know? And so that's the problem is that people were meeting me or even online dating, for instance, you always put your tag in there so that people can go and stalk you and check you out. So these guys are looking at me. Oh, she looks hella high maintenance. Oh, she looks like she only dates ballers. Oh, she looks like, you know, she's got a type or all, all the stereotypes. And can I blame them? Cause I have the look, mm-hmm. you feel me? But then so many people that actually knew me are like, Victoria, you don't look like your Instagram or you aren't like your Instagram. I look like my Instagram because I really don't feel, I don't like edit my pictures like that. I really don't like most guys when they would meet me in person be like, damn, like you actually look better in person. That's normally (laughs) what I would get unless maybe they're trying to butter me up. I don't know. But ultimately, like people are like, your heart is so much better than who you portray yourself to be on Instagram. And I know that my heart is my best asset. So I'm like, why am I not showing it more? Not only my heart, my personality. I got a pretty bomb ass personality too. You feel me? Like I say some wild shit that makes people laugh sometimes. (laughs) So I'm like, I got to start showcasing this side of myself. And that's what I started doing. And so that's why, you know, to to the point I was making earlier, there's been more guys in my DMs trying to shoot their shot now because they see that my heart in my mind is just as dope as the outside. And they're like, how the fuck is she single? You give guys too much credit. You, you think, okay, maybe I'm a little naive. <laughs> They're just trying to smash. Like, <laughs> we keep it in a book. <laughs> he was like, let me school you. Because I know you ain't had no male figure. Like, I'm about to be big brother. Okay. These all right. ain't thinking about none of that shit. All right, okay. I've never in my life gone Damn. to my homies like, nah, bro, fuck her pictures, bro. Her personality is fire. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, she got big teeth. Don't pay attention to that, dude. Her, bro, look at these videos she be posting. She's deep. Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the DMs they sending. Really? <laughs> they sending the fucking fire photos. Like, yo, this is her. 
Well, then, then, then how can they you explain how, you. how can you explain the uptick in the DMs and the and guys trying to shoot You've their been shot now? That you just broke up. What better time to hit holler at a girl? It's want, like the blood is in the water and the yeah, sharks are coming. Every guy Ooh. wants to be the rebound. Why? Yeah, oh. Vulnerable state right now. Like, oh, I would have never done that to you, baby. I can't believe him. He ain't shit. Blah, blah. Man, dirty macking. That's what that shit is. Ooh, my stomach just turned. Guys will say anything because right now they know you're a wounded little fish <laughs> in the water. <laughs> They're like, oh, if there was ever a time I can get this, it is now. Well, I'm a piranha, bitch. <laughs> Go ahead. She bites. <laughs> she uses her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> For real, stop giving guys so much credit. Damn, we ain't shit. Ooh, in general, we ain't all shit. of them. So then, how do you pick a partner? They stumble across. You're you. married. I met her at the club. Oh. You think my intention was to marry her when I met her? Damn, no. I thought she was okay. So then, why cute. did you marry her? I Afterwards, got to know her. I got to know her. Oh, oh so you, what you changed. what you trying to she say is that in the beginning? Yeah. Was that you fell for her? What? You got to know her. You got to know beyond the outside. Our first interaction was me asking her to dance. Okay, but then you like, asked oh. her to marry you once you got to know her. Yeah, yeah. And what did you get to know about her that made you fall in love with her? Oh, she's my best friend. That's my favorite person in the whole world. See? There's not a woman on earth that can make me leave her. But you got to know her. Yeah, yeah. And so you learned her mind. You learned mm -hmm. her heart. You learned how she makes decisions. You respect her. You found a best friend in her. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. That can only happen when people allow you to allow you to see you who they are. you willing to want to see that. Yeah. If you're just looking for a smash, mm -hmm. man, ain't nothing you can say can change her mind. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying from a guy's I mean, point I, of view... You're a man. You know better Especially than me. Especially these days, these hookup culture. Hookup culture right now is crazy. Well, you know, one of the, a, a guy that I dated briefly that we're still good friends, you know, he was trying to, like, dissect the situation, me, like, breaking up with my ex. And he was like, he, he was saying, Victoria, he love-bombed you. And I was like, nah, you got to listen to the podcast, you know? And he was like, but then he literally contradicted himself after he said he love bombed you because he was like, it's almost like he was having an internal conversation out loud. Cause he's like, but I know you and I know how you're like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm going to accept. I'm not about the physical shit. So it's like any guy that even tried to do that to you, they would fail because you see right through it and you set your standards. Like there's nothing that a guy can say to you to try to make you like, just get in his web like that. Like, he knows me, you know, I dated him for two months without even kissing him, you know? So it's like, he knows that part of me. So he's like, nah, like it couldn't have been love bombing. But like at the same, he's like, guys don't, guys already from jump. The first time they meet you know what you're about and they don't want that headache. <laughs> if they're trying to smash and that's all they're trying to do, they're like, nope, she's going to be too difficult on to the next one. Cause I can go find a hoe in the club, go home with her that night. And all I got to do is buy drinks all night. You feel me? Mm -hmm. I'm not that hoe. Right. I'm not saying you are, <laughs> <laughs> but he might just be speaking from his experience. It didn't work. So it's, it's hard. It's probably hard for him to picture that somebody doing the same thing is working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, let's even dive into that. I talk about this in the episode too, so I can I can honestly admit to it here. But 
I'm I'm very slow to the physical stuff. Like when it comes to intimacy, like I need a connection. But as I mentioned to you, like the first time him and I spoke on the phone was four hours. The next day, three hours. Then he came down to meet me in person. That first weekend that he met me, I slept with him. Not the first night, the second night. But that was very fucking fast for me. And I was in my head about it the whole time. We still had a relationship that spanned two and a half months after that. So it's like, if that's all he was looking for, homie got it after the first weekend. He could have been like, Yeah, but you were his little San Diego boo thing, you know what I mean? There's a saying in Spanish, amor de lejos, amor de pendejos. (gasps) I know what that means. (laughs) I I told you we gonna fight after this, right? (laughs) Homie was on his area codes. (laughs) Got one everywhere, boy. But I mean, I stayed with with him in his house for two weeks in L.A., if he was up to some shit, like people that do things in the dirt need their own personal space. There's no way that they're going to have you staying with them for two weeks consecutively. Two weeks ain't bad. Especially if he knows it's going to be over. I soon. feel like a guy who's like not serious about you and is doing his dirt can't handle more than two nights, let alone one. He's got his rotation. He's got to keep up. Mm. You feel me? Like, how are you going to not have a rotation for two weeks? And then... People popping up at your house, you know, your phone going off. He never locked his phone. He would do a screen share with me. That's Aww. how you know somebody is trying to you fuck with you. You think he only had one phone? Huh? That's cute. You think he only had one phone? That's you you think he had another one? <laughs> I got two phones. <laughs> God damn. You are just blowing the lid off my gasket right now. I cannot. <laughs> what are we I talking cannot. about? That's hilarious. And he's a life coach? A loving relationship What? What better than... If you think about it, he's like... He has like this sick-ass niche because he's talking to women who need who are looking for help. And he's like, yeah, come here. I got you. you That's know? like predator status. Some, I'm not saying he is, but, you know, some dudes do what they do. I don't think he's built I'm like not that. saying he is. I'm just saying, like... It's like a... Going to AA meeting, trying to find an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to find someone to gym with you at an AA meeting for oh sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oof. That's crazy. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just, this is who I am. I'm just no, going to no, joke I, No, honestly, Carly's already giving me a heads up about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And the way he described you, I was like, sign me up because I love it. Like, it reminds me of home, of Jersey. Like, people in Jersey, the East Coast, period, we have no filter. Mm-hmm. And like I say all the time, like I've been here eight years now in San Diego, but like I feel like I've watered myself down so much. And like if I actually truly said what was on my mind, I would have been canceled last week. Like mm. I really, truly hold back a lot because I'm like the, our society, our culture is so fucking Soft. sensitive. Like oh, everybody geez. get like butthurt these days. And I'm like, so what? We don't see things the same way. You feel me? Like. That doesn't make you a bad person or me a bad person, but now we got cancel culture and it's like, so somebody doesn't agree what you said. So now you're just going to cancel them because that helps you with the growth, you know, like <laughs> seriously. No, no, I agree a hundred percent. It's generation. You feel me? Like it, it's, it's crazy. And it's like, what happened to healthy controversial debates? What happened to just having those conversations and saying, you know what? I respect you. Let's agree to disagree. I've been wanting to tell you all that since you started. I was like, I don't really know her like that. What if she gets like sad and shit? About what? Like, (laughs) 
I mean, you 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 haven't been like holding back, have you? No, like right now, uh, yeah. Like I let, yeah. I was like, all right, I feel like yeah. I could probably just tell her. And yeah, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything. No, but I'm gonna give you the pushback. Yeah, no, I expect it. I, I welcome it as a matter of fact. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I welcome it. I'm like, what that, that's what he said. Then, like. Oh my God, my girls. Do they call you dumb? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like they my, love you. My one girlfriend was like, bitch, you are Delulu as fuck. Like, and she was just like, like literally when I was yeah. like, I don't think he cheated. And she's like, oh, he cheated. She's like, but if I had to choose between a prostitute and someone that he actually had a relationship and feelings, I'm going to choose prostitute every day. To cheat like, on? To cheat with? To che cheat with. So yeah. like, that's what she was trying to tell me. Like, bitch, like count your blessings that it was with a, with a prostitute and not some girl he was actually trying to like be with. But she's like, there was no telling her he didn't cheat. Like, she's like, no, he fucking cheated. Maybe he didn't cheat in his head. Were y'all official a couple? Yeah. I met his family as nah, his girlfriend. <laughs> he introduced me as his girlfriend. Okay, I was going to say, stop. Me he family. said, mom and dad, this is my girlfriend, Victoria. And he looked at dad, he said, wink. No, his dad's not like that. His parents have actually been together since high school. Okay. My yeah. mom wouldn't let nothing like They've that. They've been married off. for like 40 something years. Props to them. My yeah. mom would. I can't even joke about it, like bringing another girl around. Yeah. She don't play that. Yeah. No, but like meeting the parents, not always like. Yeah, no, he, he came from a very, very good family. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I do believe that he wants like a marriage like his parents. You know, I, I think that. And I think he'll have it one day with whoever he's supposed to be with, you know. What do you tell your friends when they're telling you, like, you're Delulu as fuck? I tell them. You don't know him? No, I tell them this. And, like, I, I firmly stand on this. I, and I believe in it. Unless you have hardcore evidence that a man cheated, uh. you have to believe that he didn't because then you have no trust. If you can't be in a relationship and trust somebody, then you shouldn't be with them. So what is he guilty of? The only thing that I have hardcore evidence. He stayed in a hotel that was disrespectful to our relationship and to me. And I didn't like the way he, he did that. So for me, he didn't consider me. He did not consider me in our relationship. He made a decision that was disrespectful. That's what he's guilty of. Now, as far as him is cheating is concerned, I don't have any proof of that. And I choose What'd to, your gut say? I choose to trust him. My gut tells me he didn't Okay, because the way that man loved me and the way that he hid nothing from me, he was so honest about his past skeletons. Like we put everything on the table. Like he had nothing, never locked his phone around me. Like I said, like would screen share with me on the phone. Like a man who's doing dirt would be scared to screen share because he doesn't know what the fuck's going to pop up. You feel me? <laughs> He's all sweaty. Right. Yeah. So it's like we had, I mean, for God's sakes, like, yeah, he lived in LA and I lived in San Diego, but like he gave me the door code to his front door. That's damn near me having a key. You know what I'm saying? So like if I were to just randomly pop up one day, hello, your San Diego booze here and he's in there with somebody else. I mean, somebody who's doing dirt wouldn't do that. You feel That's me? Your location? Um, so great question. In the beginning, he mentioned to me, I don't have your location. Just like kind of saying it like in passing. In, in passing, like joking. And so I share my location with him. So he had mine, but he never shared his back. <laughs> That's why I gave you the key code. He knows where you're at. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. I have to worry about you popping up. Well, well, this is the thing. So remember I told you, like, you know, there was times where I got, like, 2D and I was, like, being bratty and, like, he was so patient and stuff. So, like, in one of our very first arguments, which wasn't an argument, it was, like, me just being attitude and he was, like, super patient. Um, 
I stopped sharing my location. Did he so say anything? He didn't. He didn't even mention it. Oh. He never brought it up. And so, like, actually, if you think about it, he only really had my location for, like, the first week and a half of oh, our okay. relationship. And I, and... He gave me the door code after he didn't have my really my uh my location. So there. <laughs> there. We gonna nip that one in you the got bud. That one, all right, we all gonna right. nip that one in the Victoria bud. Victoria what? <laughs> <laughs> Dead. Dead. I love it. That's crazy. Yeah. This journey you're on is fun. Yeah. Uh well, I don't know if fun is the word that I would use to describe it's toxic, it. And I love it. I love toxic. You think I don't it's get toxic? None from my girl. Yeah, oh, I, I gotta get it from. I don't know if I would use the word toxic. I think it's heavy. I think it's deep. I think it's hard. I think it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's the it's the things that most people can't do. That's crazy that you're doing it. Like you say, you're 35. Mm-hmm. Like still doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we never pictured when you're young. You think 30. That's all the shit. Right. And then you hit 30, you're like, I'm not all the shit. Like. Kids and kids and shut up. <laughs> Thirty yeah. ain't old at all. Yeah, and honestly, like I've come to realize that you know, while I still have time, I do think that, like, I'm coming into the realization that we have a biological clock as women, and that's just science. There's no way around that. And so, like, with every day that comes, I become less and less fertile because I you're born with the amount of eggs that you're going to have. So the reality of potentially not having children has crossed my mind. And most people, the legacy that they leave behind when they die is children. And so I had to really ask myself, like, what is my legacy going to be? Like, what am I going to be remembered for if I don't have kids? And that's another major part of why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, because this is the calling that I feel like God's put on my life that I've ignored and I've tried to run from and hide from for so long. And I'm like, maybe this is my, not maybe, I know it's my purpose here, but maybe this is my legacy. Like what if children are not in my future, but I was able to leave behind a legacy of a healing journey that actually brings people closer to God and allows them to do the shadow work. That's what I want to be remembered for. That's dope. Trying to get my mom to come on here so I can help. Oh, you definitely got to get moms on here. (laughs) Definitely got to get moms on here. I'm tuning in for that one. (laughs) My mom's on here. So I can always have at least one conversation on like on camera with her. She's getting that. older, you know what I mean? So Yeah, I love that. That'd be dope. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any kids yet? Not yet. Not yet. No. Make sure that when you have her come on camera, it's it's like have her check because we did this with my pop before he passed away. Poppy, the one I was telling you about. We recorded as many stories. He loved telling stories oh, yeah. as possible. So now we have that to pass down to like kids and to remember him by. So make sure that all the questions you have prepared for her is like times that you remember of story she told you. So you have it on camera. I swear every time I see her, she tells me a new story. I love that. Every time she'll remember like, she'll tell me like a story about my dad. I'd be like, what? You never told me that. You know, like see, pop would always tell the same damn stories over and over to the point that we would finish the story for memorize him. Them. And then, he, and then he'd get mad and we're like, you know how many times you done told this story? You know, like literally we could because he would say it exactly the same every time, too. Have you ever had a friend repeat a story? Do you interrupt them and be like, I'm that that." friend. You tell them I'm that friend. You think I got that hereditarily from my pop? (laughs) I can literally (laughs) 
I, I, thought, you were the, I thought you were I the friend that his, tells him, like, yo. I am his granddaughter. Like, you feel me? Like, where do you think I learned it from? Oh, okay. Because yeah. I think it's hilarious. I let him cook. Go ahead. Tell me again. I've never heard this. I'm just as excited as the first time. Dead. <laughs> No, I've definitely had people be like, you know, you told me this already. And I'm like, just act like you didn't hear it. Yeah, right. <laughs> be surprised. <gasps> he did what? <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes if I'm feeling a little winded that day, I'd be like, okay, well, which part don't you remember? I'll pick up there. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's definitely been down that road. That's hilarious. I'm a talker. You know, for years, people have told me that I should do a podcast and I just never had any interest into it. In it, it sounded like it was a chore. And now that I'm doing this, I'm like, why did I fight this for so long? Like, this is what I should be did doing. Did you listen to one and you're all like, I'm going to do that? No. My ex told me I need to do a podcast. He's the one that pushed me to do this. <laughs> so you he can't never be thought, mad at her for bringing about talking about He never about thought you. he'd be the topic of conversation. Right, right. We actually, one, two, he created like shared notes with me. When we were coming back from our trip, like from Oregon, and he did 2024 goals, 2025 goals and shared, collaborated the note with me. And we both put down our goals and he he put down, he's actually supposed to be starting a podcast this year too. I beat him to the punch. But um, we both put down that we would do at least 12 episodes in a year. You cheat like that? Cheat what? Through the notes? Cheat through notes? Yeah. What do you mean? So like if I shared notes with you, you have a conversation through the notes and you delete it. And there's <gasps> never like a text exchange. You're just going through the notes. Oh Learn something new every day. Oh my God. <laughs> check the notes, I'm ladies. tell your wife to check your <laughs> notes. How do you even know that that exists? <laughs> <laughs> I had seen crazy. a video about it and I was like, what? And then that's how I even knew. Like we People share our target list creative. like that. Like our like you our, share a target tar- list. That, target list. That's goals. Yeah. Like that's our, goals. You know, Trader Joe's, Costco. Oh, Target I list. love that. We share, so she'll add, I'll Goals. add, whatever. Yeah. Goals, yeah. That, I had, that's how I knew that you can share notes because I had seen a video that people cheat that way. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. When there's a will, there's a way. If someone yeah. wants to cheat, so it doesn't matter where they are. You. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what they do. Like temptation is real and alive. So you're going to decide you're going to trust your person or not. So when people sit here and tell me you're Delulu, he cheated on you. Well, I, it makes sense why you're single. Yeah. Make and there's sense, also the ladies, you're single. ladies that be liking dudes in relationships. Yeah. Did he repost you? No. Oh, so nobody knew. No. But I mean, well, pe- everyone knew. Hoes didn't know. Hoes didn't know. No. But everyone that was important in his life knew. And I mean, we went out to the club and like I met some of his like club friends. So like they knew. But um, yeah, no, he never posted me. But I didn't feel any type of way about that. That's crazy. That's dope. Because I, that's like a big topic. These I days. didn't feel any type of way because he's always used his social media for business purposes. And I'm never one to get in the way of business. I stand on business. I have three businesses. I help people cultivate and run businesses. And not everybody uses social media for personal reasons. There are people who use it for business and business alone. And that's what he did. And so, you know, I would feel some type of way if maybe we're out to dinner and he's posting the meal he's having and not posting me, you know, (laughs) or he's posting the vacations that we're on and he's not posting me, but he never posted anything unless it was business so why would i then put pressure on him to say you need to post me no that's the thing though yeah a lot of women trip about that no i mean if we were married that would be a different story but like you know that i I also was 
completely aware of how new the relationship was too. And that's part of the reason why I never posted him on the feed. I mean, he was all over my story because I was just happier than a cow. You know, like I finally found a man that I was like, oh my God, he's loving me well. Like, and I, I actually talk about this at length in my, in my podcast episode. Like one of the lessons that I learned, I said, I will never post another man again until there's a ring on my finger and arguably maybe even until I'm married because that was the, the gravest embarrassment could to uh, have yeah. been single for three and a half years. And then the pedestal that I put this man on, like, like literally boasting to my girls, like see ladies when you just wait, <laughs> literally I, I have, I put the screenshot. <laughs> I I'm put, sorry, that's hilarious. No, it, it is though. Like, you bum bitches. Y'all right. could never. No, it boom, wasn't. It wasn't single. even like that, but it was like that. It wasn't like that, but it was like that because <laughs> it was like, and I and the screenshots are in, so so that's why I'm like tell I tell people like watch the podcast, don't listen to it on YouTube. Cause it very much has like burn book vibes. Like it's like composition notebook. There's pictures and videos that pop up and like graphics that you literally feel like you're on the journey living it with me. Like I take you through an experience. And so I literally have screenshots pop up from my IG archives where I like post and I'm like, see, ladies, I, I stayed single for three and a half years. And now look, I have a man who's sending me a song of the day every morning. That's hilarious. You know, and like screenshots of like him telling me I'm wifey and he can't wait to put a ring on my finger. And I'm like, see, ladies, <laughs> fuck you. I'm like, see, ladies. And so, like, I you feel- know those girls are like, ah! literally, literally, like, it is oh the biggest God. embarrassment. And I'm like, how, how did this happen to me? I don't mean to laugh at you. I'm laughing with you. No, like, I know. Honestly, I can, hilarious. I can laugh with you too now because, you know, I've, I've gotten past the tears of it. And now it's, a, it's the part of having to look inward and say, you were a dumb bitch. Like, why? When you look back on. Huh? Yeah, when I look back, I'm like, why? Why did you post this? Like, nobody needed to know. Like, but it was just because I think you were I, happy though. I was so fucking yeah. happy. And I was just, I wanted to scream it from the mountaintops. I'm like, I found my person. He's fucking amazing. I wish that all my girls find this kind of love because I was just so full of love, you know? Like, I had so much love to give. And even I was talking to my mama today and she was like, Victoria, I have, and by mom, I mean like my mother figure. Um, and she's like, Victoria, I have never seen you so at peace than when you were when you dated him. She's like, I don't know if he had like a spell on you or a trance, but like you were so at peace. And she's like, that is something I could never take away from him is that he just made you so secure and at peace with yourself. And I loved seeing you in that energy. Have you thought about getting Olympia? You know what that is? Olympia. Olympia. A it's cleaner? Because like, uh, that means clean in Spanish. Limpia. Limpia. So like clean, cleanse yourself. Yeah. You go to somebody, it's like a religion, and they do a cleanse. I had a guest on here, and she told me that she had so much negative energy. What they do is they, they do this ritual on you, and then they release a bird, a dove mm. or a bird. And she had so much negative energy that once they release it, it just fell down. Whoa. Like the bird just... Like, it couldn't like it couldn't leave like it's supposed to be releasing that negative energy and that the bird just went Pah! and she had like a lot of hate that sounds like People that's what's gonna to, happen like, with me in her life so he shit. was certified in doing something called breathwork detox have you ever heard of that yes why'd you why'd you pause like that <laughs> this is weird to me it was weird where they you. lay down and they breathe and, and the, you have a couple friends who do that yeah 
And so I did it for the first time ever with him. And I was a skeptic. And like, literally, I even talk about this in the episode, like the first 10 minutes in, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't want to do it. Because I'm I'm very much like prior to meeting him, I was very much like when I'm stressed, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to pick up heavy shit. I'm going to drop it. If I'm feeling some type of way, I'm going to scream. I'm going to yell, whatever. But he's all like, let's meditate. Let's do yoga. Let's do crystals. And it's like, that's never been my thing. And so he opened me up to this spirituality, spiritual realm, different way of thinking. And I finally did the breath work and I, I got out of my own way. And literally it was 20 years of therapy in one session. Like the way that I felt things move through my body, I thought that I felt my abandonment issues move through my body. I know now that I didn't because they were triggered with how we broke up, but maybe I did in the, in the resurface because that is matter of fact, it's crazy that we're having this conversation. Cause now I got to call my mama after this and tell her that, that that's probably what it was. I was so secure in my relationship with him because he helped me to heal through that, that I literally let go of that. And I was just so in the moment with him and not worried about this fear of abandonment, having this anxious attachment style that I used to have because he made me so like move past all that and release it. But then his actions resurfaced that and it all came flooding back. Scar tissue rips easy. With a, with a vengeance, with a fucking vengeance. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. that's crazy yeah i've had a couple friends tell me about the breath work and they show me videos i had a guest who does it um i don't know it's just not my cup of tea i guess yeah i subscribe to it now i mean i've never done it again since i did it with him because i think i was a little spoiled i had like a special experience where he actually guided me through it mm. in person like i don't know if i would have had that same experience if it was done like on zoom or in a group setting and i even told him that but he, from what i understand like he's had some very powerful sessions with people and, and it's like it's like a reoccurring thing like a weekly thing that that they do that's dope yeah and even like retreats and things for it I like it. Anything yeah. that helps people heal. That's what I'm saying. 100%. Like, it's, there's not a one size fits all. There's so many different shades of gray. It's like, what works for you? Go on the podcast and tell people how you feel. I feel like that helps too. It does. And is I someone posted something the other day and I, I was like a little triggered by it because it was like, it was right after I announced that I was doing my podcast, but it was like, everybody keeps popping up with these podcasts. Just go to therapy. Dang. And it's like, fuck you. This is cheaper. You, you, <laughs> it is. It is. And you get people who are more fucked up than you are like, you know what? I am not that bad. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, w I almost don't even know if I would say it's cheaper because what I pay my editors is probably the same cost. Uh, of like, I do everything myself. You do everything yourself. Yeah, I have a yeah. team because I was like, I'm not going to teach myself how to do all the editing, which it's crazy. We don't even edit the audio or the video like that. We the, it's a, it's a raw um, like raw file for video and audio. The only thing we might edit is like bleeping out someone's name or like blurring someone's face. Well, not even in, cause it's just me on camera when I'm doing the video, but it's like the editing is like popping up all the extra. Is this people, you know, or is like a, a company you hired? No. So it's, I remember I told you him and I were working with the same assistant. So my assistant is like helping me with the editing and stuff. Oh, he gets the uncut files. Oh yeah. He gets everything. Oh, no, him. Huh? Yeah. My assistant. No, no, no. Him. Your ex. Gets the uncut files. Oh, yeah. That's just in slang. Oh, no. Shit. He fired him. Oh, he fired him? That's foul. Oh, broke you guys up, so. 
Yeah, he fired Snakes. him um, about like a week after um, he got thing? back. Yeah, Damn. yeah. So he he broke up with me, and then like a week later, he fired him. Uh, starting fresh. Yeah, yeah. So at least we're not crossing those boundaries anymore. But I'm like this. I'm there's no way I'm letting him go. Like he's got my back. He showed his loyalty to me like none other. So that's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> My my ex introduced him to me. He was his assistant first, but he's my assistant for life. That's my guy. That's dope. Yeah. So, but yeah, I have my team. But with the the point I was gonna make is that you know you go to therapy and you sit down with somebody for like an hour or whatever, and you pay for that session, right? And then, and and this might be right, right, wrong, or indifferent to say, but it's like my personal opinion is like a therapist is getting paid to listen to you and to try to help you through in that hour, as long as it fits within that time. My personal opinion, as far as a podcast is I might pay the same amount to produce one podcast episode, but that podcast episode can be played a million times over. I can connect with so many people. There is healing energy and the community of people that I connect with. And so I honestly think personally that for me, at least somebody who doesn't mind healing out loud now, even though I fought it for as long as I did, this is way more valuable, way more valuable. 100%. And what I've also learned, and I'm not saying this is the case with every single one, but just like we know priests that have raped little boys, there are therapists that who take advantage. Yeah. Well, not e who take advantage. I wasn't even going to go there, but there's therapists who are helping trying to heal other people that still themselves are not healed. I mean, if we really want to think about it, the guy I was dating is a love and relationship coach, but he still cannot work through his own relationship. There's so many people out here that are giving advice and that are coaching and that are, you know, trying to help other people that don't know how to help themselves. But on the flip side, what I will say is that there's many coaches that know how to coach the game, but don't know how to play. Yeah, That's the reason why teach. they're a coach. Those who yeah. can't teach. Yeah. And then those that can't teach play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it works. Like I yeah. said, different shows for different folks. Like, you know, you just got to find who your people are and who you can learn from and heal from and all of that, you know, but I just, I encourage, I always encourage people to just do your research, you know, like one of the, one of the recent truths that I have exposed on my Instagram, cause I do truth talk Thursdays. This is like my new theme is that there's a lot of thought leaders out here, um, that present an image on Instagram and they look like, they're a big deal because they're verified. <laughs> they got the blue check mark, but now we all know that you could buy it, right? Yeah. They got all these followers and they you got all these also. likes. You could buy the likes and all that too. So I came across uh, an engagement rate calculator on in, uh, for, for Instagram where you could put someone's handle in and it will tell you how authentic their audience is. Oh, shit. And so a lot of people got exposed. You mean on a boring day? loading that shit up well what i noticed is it only allows you a certain amount of like checks before oh. it, it, it like it stops you no not not oh, it charges stops? it says you you've um reached your quota for the day it's like you stocky asshole <laughs> <laughs> i think i probably had checked like between 15 to 20 accounts because i i got curious i i'm a gemini i go down rabbit holes like i need logic and all of it but let me tell you there was some motherfuckers exposed Yo, I'm gonna tell you this. Exposed. I'm a photographer. Okay. And I had this lady. Ooh, new headshots. Mm -hmm. Love I it. it all. all you see up here is mine. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I had this oh. lady 
hired me to take some pictures and she's a finance person, right? Mm-hmm. She's wealth manager. Probably. Yeah. And, uh, she's like, Oh, I want to take these pictures at this country club. And I was like, for sure. I'll be there. Shoot me the Addy. And I show up in it. It's a country club, you know, golf club, like real beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. and she's like, okay, I'm, I want to take pictures in front of this door to make it look. Her whole thing was to make it look like that was her home. Her home? Her home. She wanted the aesthetic of this country club to look like she wanted. She told me, she's like, I want it to be like if it was my house. Make it seem like this is my house. You there, There's so much you I'm can do. I'm just going to smile. Like, through photography, that. even AI now. Like, mm-hmm. literally, there, it, nothing is real. Nothing. And then she, she's like, <laughs> take pictures of me in this Lambo, the Lambo SUV. Oh and I was like, oh, it's a beautiful car. She's like, yeah. The cool. Urus? She's like, it was expensive for the day. but I was, And I was like, yeah. <laughs> for the day. But like, this is, this is, where, fake this is where I have a problem. Because I'm like, just be you, boo-boo. Just be you. Like, I get the whole fake it till you make it. And this is part of the commentary that was made when I did the Truth Talk Thursdays. You know, what about fake it till you make it? The times that I've done fake it till you make it is when I'm in college and I show up to do a oral presentation and I'm not as prepped. And so I'm like, I'm going to fake it till I make it. I'm going to wing it. But when it's at the expense of others is where I draw the fine line. When you're sitting here trying to manipulate people into thinking that you have a certain uh, portfolio of wealth management or, you know, you have certain investments that you've done. It's fraud. And it's it, fake. It's, it's fraud. fraud. It's fraud. It's literally fl- if fraud. If you're going to use it to get a job, that's when fraud. You, if you're raising capital or if you're trying to attract clients, like you're sitting here presenting a service to someone when really you're not that. Like, just be you, boo-boo. Like, you will find your people. And so that was honestly a big fear of mine stepping into what I'm doing right now because in in a corporate setting which is all of my backgrounds you're very prim and proper and it's like keep yourself like an onion don't show your layers like people are gonna judge you and like keep business and personal very separate and like that's a mentality for a corporate mindset but when you're an entrepreneur and you're building a business and I'm gonna correct myself that was intentional you're not building a business. You're building a, a personal brand, brand yep. and that brand should be you. And the people that are going to work with you, that are going to work buy from you, that are going to subscribe to you, they need to know who you are. And they're either going to be for you or they're going to be against you. But you want them to be for you because they know who you are and they can rock with you. Because as quickly as you build up a platform off of a facade that you're not, the moment that you get exposed that that's not who you are, you're going to fucking lose it all. And you're going to be a fraud. And is that what you really want to be known for? Being a fraud. Being a fucking fraud. Because let me tell you, when that truth gets exposed... Your world fucking crumbles. Eesh. Scary time to be a be a fraudster, mm. a scammer. Scammer. <laughs> we know there's a whole lot of them. You look like you date scammers, though. You know, I look like I date yeah. scammers. Whoa, should I, mean, I be offended? No, I'm just playing with. You. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? You're 35. You ever see this cartoon named Recess? 
Yes, don't I look like her yeah. today? I totally thought that. I couldn't remember her name. Was it you like... Lo- you look just like her. What, but insert that, picture. Yes, you need to insert that picture. <laughs> that's so fucking fun. That's how I can tell we're like the same like um, uh, generation. Because I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, damn, this reminds me of Recess. But I couldn't remember. Reese's got a job. She got the black hair with the big glasses. Exactly. I look yeah. just like her today. That's why I was like, I don't know. Am I feeling this vibe? Am I not? But I'm like, I'm going to go with it, you know? Trying something is that your new. Real hair? I have my extensions in right oh, okay, now. Okay, I got you. My real hair is like up to here. Okay. So I still have like long hair, but then when I add my extensions, it's like when I want to just give it some extra va va boom. There you go. It looks good though. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap it up because I've already kept you here for almost two and a half hours. Man, has it been that yes. long? Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. And yes, talking yes. shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Instagram, Victoria, so they can follow you, stalk you, slide the DMs? All that good stuff. Uh, Only if you got y'all, money, though. Y'all can't hold off. <laughs> Send a credit report slides. and the bank statements, please. Don't just. And a full no. ass job application and background check. No, I'm just kidding. Dang, a whole nine. Referrals, too. from speci- a, Specifically from ex-girlfriends. I had, right? That I had should a, be a thing. a lawyer on here, and she said that she looks, she has people that do background checks. Uh, that's and she smart. she was sending, like, tell me about this dude. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend who is a cop and if I feel like somebody is like a little sketch, I might, but I'm like, if I have to go that far, then that's true. Not even worth a date. Mm -hmm. You feel me? But yeah, across all platforms, you can find me at she dot is dot Victoria Rose. Um, and my link tree has like every possible way that you can get in contact with me. All my businesses are there. Twitter. One stop shop. Don't play me. (laughs) Only fans. If only they wish. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been asked to, for those kind of content? Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, you see what I mean? And I've had people make fake profiles of me where oh, it's that's like. Dope. That's how you know you made it. It's happened several times. And what I loved about it is that guys sent it to me and they're like, somebody made a fake a profile about you because they just know I'm not about that life. So it's like most times I've like where I've, I've heard my girlfriends have had the same issue. They're like, is this you? You yeah. feel me? It's like never. That's never been the case. Somebody made a fake profile. I already reported it. Like, cause people already know what I. I always screenshot it. Like, if I get it, mm-hmm. send it to the homegirl, and they're always like, "Can you please report that?" I ain't doing all that. Like, I did my part. Wow. I sent it to you. Now you know. Wow! It takes two <laughs> seconds to report it. <laughs> Wow, fake I got ass friend. To do. No, what? I'm real. I told <laughs> it her. <laughs> it takes two clicks, motherfucker. Two All right, depends. Clicks. It depends if she's my real friend. Oh my god, got a handful of those. <laughs> I'm gonna challenge you the next time. Just do the two clicks. It's not that hard. You're gonna make your own fake profiles. <laughs> Definitely not. I'm not that desperate. I ain't out here to try to impress nobody. I don't need a fake profile to tell me I made it. I done made it already. Period. Period. Hit her up on Instagram. Follow her podcast. I'm going to go listen now that I got my curiosity out the way. I can't wait for your commentary now. I'm going to go comment some some funny shit. So thank you for coming through. This is your warning. I appreciate you. Every conversation is different. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Till next time. Peace. Yeah, 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 yeah. You looking for me, you can find me at the spot. Chopping it up with Jonah, we talking about what's hot on the block. Up in Dago, man, we bumping. Uh, keeping it confidential, you know this how we coming, we ain't front. Uh, looking for that real, better tune in and stick by. Put on for the city every time that I dip by. Uh, getting to that greedy every time that we sit down. Promise you it's real every time that I get round. Come on. <laughs> Been in the field playing, we work.